1: Oh, hello and welcome to episode 100 of the Pod-mania oh. podcast yes ladies and gentlemen we have been around for 100 episodes no i don't know how we've done it either but somehow we have despite many many internet issue i'm joined by chris and garth gentlemen how are you
0: this is the equivalent to suzuki and ishi just hitting each other except we're hitting our fans <laughs>
1: do that. <laughs> I mean, when I phrased that question, that wasn't exactly how I anticipated it <laughs> I mean, going.
0: We had, had to sit through something like 30 solo podcasts from me.
1: Jesus Christ. Yeah, I think that, you know, with episodes 99 and 100, you know, going on, I think they've got us in a nice, concise hour-and-a-half weekly podcast as opposed to us bludgeoning them with constant content.
2: (laughs) Absolutely, like, peppering people's earlobes with (laughs) our
3: (laughs) dulcet (laughs)
1: tones. But no, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. It is episode 100, and we have got an absolutely jam-packed episode. We have got New Japan news. We have got New Japan reviews. We have got Garth reviewing Impact Uncaged. Did John Morrison slash Johnny Mundo slash Johnny Impact keep his title? Did Taya Valkyrie. I don't keep... actually know. <laughs> Did Tea Valkyrie keep her title in one of the most boring Impact reigns ever? And we're going to talk about Elimination Chamber, all the shit that went down on Raw, and all the shit that went down on SmackDown. However, boys however you know how we start these podcasts now let's are you do it. are you ready are you ready for rob reads the news the ring road roundup are you ready cue the music let's, let's do it boy let's do this ring road roundup Ladies and gentlemen, unfortunately, Pedro Morales passed away on the twelfth of February, aged seventy-eight, after several years battling Parkinson's disease. The man was most famous for his reign with the WWF Championship, and he will be sorely missed. Keeping with WWE, WWE grossed over over nine hundred and thirty million dollars in revenue in two thousand eighteen, with a ninety-eight million seven hundred nineteen thousand dollar profit, both records up from eight hundred million dollars and thirty-two million dollars. 116000 respectively from last year. Speaking about AEW, Double or Nothing sold out in 25 minutes on pre-sale with the rest of the uh, tickets selling out in the following four minutes. AEW have also announced the following schedule. May the 25th will be Double or Nothing, the show that has officially become the first same-day sellout for a pro wrestling show in Las Vegas ever. On June 2019, there is an unspecified show, believed to be in the USA, July 2019 there is believed to be another unnamed show this time in Jacksonville and this is the one that they are donating all proceeds to anti-gun crime charities. On August 2019 there is a yet unconfirmed show at the Royal Albert Hall. In September 2019 there is All Out, the full brand launch and when they will be giving a lot of details about weekly TV and things like that and in October 2019 we are going to get our first ...weekly TV show from AEW. Going to New Japan now, they return to the UK on August 31st... ...with Royal Quest at the Copper Box Arena. Dave Meltzer has already announced that it will be a loaded show... ...with three top Japanese wrestlers going to be there, confirmed... One of them is almost certainly going to be Okada. New Japan have also announced the cards for Honor Rising Nights 1 and 2, Takashi Izuka's retirement show at New Japan Road on the 21st of February, and have announced two title matches for the anniversary show. Going out about and on the indies, Tessa Blanchard has become the new woman of wrestling champion, defeating Jungle Girl. Eddie Edwards has signed a new long-term contract with Impact just a week after announcing a return to pro wrestling NOAH to challenge for the GHC Heavyweight Tag Team Championships alongside Atsushi Katoji. Pack and Will Ospreay fought to a 30-minute time limit draw at Rev Pro High Stakes at York Hall on the 16th of February. The Royal Rumble, going back to WWE very briefly in 2020, will be held at another baseball stadium, this time at the Minute Maid Park in Houston, Texas. Also, Jim, Jimmy Uso, I believe Naomi's husband, has been arrested for some kind of assault. We'll get into that in a minute, because there is some absolutely deliciously wonderful rumours going on around that. And finally, Jushin Thunder Liger will replace Will Ospreay at OTT Wrestling Scrappermania 5 on the 16th of March, while Flip Gordon will be replacing him on his other dates due to New Japan Cup commitments. That, ladies and gentlemen, is all the wrestling news. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Very good. Can I, can, for discussion, can we start on how much money WWE is earning because people tend to think they're in the doldrums just looking at TV ratings but in reality WWE gross all of it, didn't gross nearly as much money in the Attitude Era because of their ratings are high because of the type of content they were putting out this family friendly product as much as we may hate it at times it can produce amazing stuff but as much as we may hate it at times especially when Roman Reigns is quoting Looney Tunes <laughs> um, it brings in the money, like not only for merchandise is so much easier. They get like KFC brand deals, which is going to be worth millions and millions of dollars. And they are getting two billion dollars as a fox of D V DVD de- deal. So, like it, it's effective. Like ratings aren't as big as um, don't matter as much as they used to. And that's why Vince, everything he does, he says, that,
2: "Well, we're doing everything right because we're making more money than ever." <clears throat> so why change?
1: This is exactly. the first time that their profits have reached this quite a ridiculous height to be perfectly honest <clears throat> they've reached other heights of they've touched 50 million in profit before in uh, previous years but that is mainly because of film franchises that have grossed quite a lot of money things like the marine and things like that that have helped bring the profits up but as a standalone profit um 98 million is a ridiculous amount and to gross almost a billion dollars in a in a single year is is an astonishing feat. And yes, many, many people can complain about the product. And yes, the product is nowhere near as good as it perhaps should be. It's it's getting there at the moment. SmackDown is putting on fantastic shows, as is NXT and 205 Live. But that's nothing to do with the money that they're raking in. You look at the money that they're raking in, you know, it's it's from these deals with Fox. You know, it's with these deals with KFC. It's with these deals with whatever ridiculous toy is sponsoring Elimination Chamber and things like that. And, you know, look at things like the Royal Rumble. They're selling out baseball stadiums. So they're (laughs) obviously doing something right.
0: They have been named, like, big shows like the Rumble, like Mania, they have been named by where they're going to be selling out stadiums anyway. Like... Like, we, we were talking about before, like, I don't think any of us, with the, with the exception of like, SmackDown and NXT, watch WWE on a weekly basis, but we'll still tune in for Mania, we'll st- still tune in for the Rumble, we'll still tune in for SummerSlam.
1: Yeah, they're so, huge staples. They're huge staples of the wrestling calendar. They,
0: they,
1: they've got us by the bars, we're never going to stop watching.
2: Well, that's the thing, it's like, no matter how shit it gets, we will
0: always go
2: back, even just through curiosity, even just to say, right, well, I'll check it out to see what it's
0: like now. Unless unless you're someone who grew up watching Big Daddy on fucking World of Sport or something, you grew up watching WWE. That's what you know. That's yeah. what you'll always eventually go back to. Like, I don't watch, I don't keep up with anything but NXT I, um, and SmackDown. I still subscribe to the network just because it's such a good value. Well, there's you so said, much other stuff.
1: Yeah. Exactly. You you messaged us the other day saying that you were watching something, you know, from a videotape <laughs> that you had when you were little from the British Bulldog taking on the Warlord.
0: <laughs> yeah, so like they had the Silver Vision VHS collections up on there. And um they, they're not especially good collections, but I had the Bulldog one and there's an amazing match of the Warlord. And that's what I like about WWE network, because just everything is on there. Like fucking smack and whack them is on there. <laughs> uh, good quality like programming. The, yeah, even like the curated content. And there's so much we can still throw up. We can still throw up fucking FCW TV, OVW TV. We could throw up, I don't know, the XFL. It's like, there's still so much we can put on. And we're doing original content. Like, if you're a wrestling fan, you That's want the, thing, the network. Yeah.
2: It's, it, it is. I mean, there's something for everyone, which is why it's so good.
1: I think as well, once... Me and you, Chris, have spoken about this this monopolization of WWE in the UK. If they do gain the rights to things like Progress, to things like OTT, to things like ICW, to then have their weekly TV shows or any kind of content on the network on top of everything we've got for the WWE, it's going to be an absolutely oh, yeah. phenomenal bargain. Now, obviously, they are going to have to bump the prices, and obviously they're talking about a tiered system of subscription. But there is going to be a phenomenal amount on there. <laughs> phenomenal. And they are going to rake in money. I think oh, over absolutely.
2: here, the the biggest problem they have, I don't know if it's just here or if it's everywhere, is Raw. They don't show Raw
0: because of the Sky deal. Oh yeah, but they've been on like a month-long delay. we to still yeah. back. But most of their money comes from the TV deals, so they'd be stupid to go against
1: yeah. it. Yeah, if they streamed Raw and SmackDown in the same way they stream NXT and 205 Live, they're they're literally cutting a <laughs> hole in their pocket because yeah. we've we've already talked about it. it is Fox that they've just signed this, they've signed these multi billion <laughs> yeah. dollar deals for. You know, no one's going to tune in because you know they're just going to go. Well, it's easier to watch it on the network. Yeah. So you know, it even though it would be great to have that. It, it's not going to happen. It makes no financial sense at all. Um, Pedro Morales. Uh, per- Pedro Morales, even. Um, I'll be honest, it came as a bit of a shock that he died. Um, it's awful it was, that he has. It came a shock he was still alive. Well, that yeah, sounds awful. No, no, no. I, I understand but like, what you he's,
0: mean. He's one of those things you hear about and you just see him like a cow a gotch or something. It's just, he's definitely not alive. He must have died before I started watching or something. But Yeah.
1: No he's still about i mean allegedly he was really good i've never seen him wrestle well that's what i was going to ask uh garth as our resident yes. old person <laughs> um i was hoping that you could shed some light on pedro morales um obviously <clears throat> being alive when he was uh, when he was wrestling in his teens <laughs> in his... <laughs> exactly
2: um, to be honest i don't really remember because i think he was in the wwf quite late on in the sort of early-ish 90s, I think I might have been, yeah, I think he might have had a couple of matches against Bret Hart, um, but nothing that I can really sort of remember as a standout, but he's always somebody who, whenever you read somebody's like, autobiography, his name pops up all over the place, especially, mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, like especially in Bret Hart's. like Bret Hart even put a tweet out saying sort of one of the best wrestlers or the most underrated, um, he always had a great match, so, it's pretty sad, I mean... But he's obviously left some sort of imprint on the business,
1: which is yeah. good. Yeah. Um, he's one of the... I can't remember if he is the, or if he's one of the longest... In fact, he has the most combined reigns... Sorry, most combined oh. days as think, Intercontinental Champion. Um, he did is... He, did he not
2: have a... Was he not one of the, the few people to take the belt off Samantino?
1: No. Um, Sammartino dropped the belt, and then the person he dropped it to, which I believe is Kolov. I could right. be right. I could be wrong. Sorry. Um, Pedro Morales then take, took the belt off him. Right. Yeah. Um, but the Miz currently, just to give you some uh, some indication, the Miz is currently in second place for combined reigns with the uh, Intercontinental Championship. He has held it for 599 days. Morales, that was with eight reigns. Morales has held it in two reigns for six hundred and nineteen <laughs> days. Jesus. So it well. yeah, yeah, exactly. wasn't weekly
0: TV back then, it was like once a month at MSG.
1: So. No, and we know how Vince loves to break records, so the chances are that he's <clears> going to <throat> be broken very, very soon, and probably by the Miz. Um, yeah. But he will be sorely missed, and our thoughts, prayers are obviously with his family. Um so last bit of WWE news I wanted to talk to with you guys before we move on to um, a couple of announcements out of New Japan Um, so as we all know whichever of the Usos that Naomi's married to which I can never remember I think it's Jimmy um, but I can never be sure um, Basically, they have been arrested, or he has been arrested, I should say. Now, there is rumours from almost every news site that they have done this deliberately to get themselves <laughs> fired from the WWE so that they can sign with All Elite Wrestling. Just, <laughs> anyone will start any fucking rumour nowadays, Well, not <laughs> they? Honestly, though, this this was on some, like, quite... Quite decent news sites, quite respectable news sites. and I remember looking at it the first time it popped up, and I was like, "Well, that's kayfabe news," and then I was like, "Oh shit, no, it's not. <laughs> what the fuck is this?" I mean, honestly, I like, mean, honestly, a stretch,
0: aren't there? Um, that's an absolute stretch, aren't there? Deals just up in do what nails did in attacking man
1: exactly. Their deals are up extremely soon. Yes, um, so why
2: not? Why would they not just stick around? for maniac, which is pretty much i mean they'll probably be on the card unless he's in prison um
0: and then the job mistake bend. you're making here is the mistake you're
1: making here is thinking that marks like, um think logically that's true that's true, true. true um i just <laughs> i wanted to i just wanted to make sure that i wasn't on my own thinking no, that that is such a ridiculous ridiculous sort of notion, the fact that someone is willing to get themselves arrested in real life just to get to AEW, it is absolutely I stay. mental. I wonder if Just do what Titus fight?
0: and Neil did and just touch Vince on the shoulder.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Titus, Titus has had the worst time, hasn't he, really, when you consider his awful, awful run. Bless him. Um, but yes, Jimmy Uso has been arrested. I believe he's now out, especially as they have got an elimination chamber match tonight against The Miz and Shane McMahon for the tag team titles, which I think it's safe to say they aren't winning. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just wanted to make sure, boys, that it wasn't just me thinking this has got to stop now. Yeah. Um, I just I'm want- sick of AEW. Oh, already. I'm not sick of AEW. I'm sick of the inevitable rumours that are going round with. The whole thing—that's ridiculous. Yeah. Things like, oh, the Undertaker has retired and he's put, you know, <laughs> he's taken all manner of AEW, uh, sorry WWE, out of his Twitter bio. I don't give a fuck, okay? If he appears at Starcast, brilliant. He's not going to have a match with Cody Rhodes. Watch, he'll have a match with Cody now. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: if, if he now be with Brandy.
1: If he does, if he does genuinely, I will eat my hat. I will eat a hat. If he, <laughs> if he has a match, if that's who Cody's opponent is, a double or nothing, I will eat a hat. You buy a hat and eat it. I will buy a hat and eat it. That is how absolutely ridiculous. Undertaker's it is. hat. Yes, I will eat <laughs> the Undertaker's hat. I'll take it off and I'll have the weird hat mark as well. You just go. You just walk up to him at Starcast, take <laughs> off his
0: hat and start eating it. Like, what the fuck are you doing? It's like it's not a podcast, <laughs>
1: man. Security. Um. So as I was mentioning before, on the website, uh, I've recently done an article. Um, which is five Takashi Izuka matches you need to see. And to say it was... That must a, have been hard for you. It was very hard. I am not a fan of Izuka. And every time he comes onto my screen, I skip the matches. Um, this is primarily because his his entire gimmick of this uncontrollable wild man is extremely boring and extremely predictable and extremely tried out. and just it carries, and it carries on and it carries on and it carries on and it's extremely boring. However, what I will say is that this angle that has led to his retirement is mm-hmm. extremely good. Now, for the research that I did for having to compile five matches of Izzikas that someone could call decent, it's interesting to see the people that he shared a ring with. Um, people that he mm-hmm. not that he could call equals, obviously. But you know, he's shared the ring with Fujinami. He's won the tag belts Oh no, he hasn't won the tag belts. He's fought with Fujinami in a tag mm-hmm. team. Um he's won the tag titles with Rikichosu. He's shared the ring with all manner of new Japan legends.
0: In the nicest possible way,
1: he's Yoshihashi Say again. Like he's
0: not in the nicest possible way he's the Yoshihashi Hashi of his day. he's not gonna be the big guy, but he does well for himself.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and he was a perennial tag wrestler. Um, I think he had one mm-hmm. shot at the heavyweight championship. Um, but go and check that article out on the website. We've had a really, really good response to it actually already, so thank you for that. But the reason I brought it up is that they have announced the actual card. He will retire on the 21st of February um, at a New Japan road show, and the match he is taking part in is a six man tag, and it will be Toriano, Hiroyoshi Tenzan, and Kazuchika Okada taking on Taichi, Minaro Suzuki, and Takashi Izaka. Now. I'm slightly... it
0: would be an absolute honour for him to end his career with Tai Chi by his side.
1: Garth, um, I'm going to talk to you because <laughs> if Chris mentions Tai Chi again, I'm going to boot him off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's alright, he says it's a podcast. Um, it, I mean, I'm slightly disappointed that we aren't having Isaka versus Tenzan. Um, but... That'd be bollocks, it, it, w- <laughs> it would be absolute shy. It would. I agree. Neither man can go particularly, and a six-man tag is probably best to hide those inadequacies. Especially with, you know, people like Okada and Suzuki in the ring. Um, what I was thinking was, though, especially with it being a retirement match, mm-hmm. don't you think it's more of an honour for him to have a one-on-one match as opposed to this six-man tag?
0: Yeah, but here's the thing. <laughs> if he wanted that, he should have retired about five years ago and he could still move so yeah like true. i'm not i'm not being funny but the point we you lose your uh, opportunity to have a final single like look at super strong machine he could have went he went out last year at a um road two show and he could have went out in a singles match against Eugene the or something but um because of how he because of how long he held on he went out a five man with lij so
1: yeah, fair enough. I mean, other matches on this card you've got. I'm not going to go through all of them, but the semi main event is Osprey and Tanahashi taking on the Killer Elite Squad. Um, that's going to be killer. That's going to be quite good. You know, pardon the pun. Um, and then you've also got a tag earlier on in the uh, in the card between Roppongi 3K and Suzuki Gun Team of Desperado and Kanamaru. So overall, a decent show. The opening tag. Is as, yeah, the the opening tag as well. Robbie Eagles Nishimori taking on Liger and Uemura. That's going to mm-hmm. be quite good. Uh, match as well. I said earlier about New Japan having announced the cards for Honor Rising. Now last year, oh, was so it was based almost solely on the Bullet Club sort of infighting um, and mm-hmm. that took over the two cards. I know that the main event of one of them was Marty, Skull and Kenny taking on Cody and Hangman Page, for example. Um mm. This seems to be a far more cohesive set of matches, and one that it's, I'm genuinely looking forward It is much more a to.
0: Ring of Honor versus um, New Japan Supercard than it has been in a couple of years.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. There are some decent title matches. I'm only going to go mm-hmm. through the title matches to be perfectly honest because, you know, there's two cards of eight matches. I'm not going to go through all 16, but just some highlights. Um the fifth match of night 1 is a never open weight six-man tag team championship match between Taguchi Yano and Makabe, the obviously obviously the holders of the championship, the 19th champions, taking on the team of Cheeseburger Delirious and Colt Cabana. That'll be entertaining. Hello. That's going
0: to be hilarious. I saw a match <laughs> between Yano uh, it was Yano and Delirious versus Dalton Castle's boys, and it's the funniest match I've
1: ever seen. There you go. It's going to be entertaining. I'm not saying wrestling quality, but I'm not saying it'll peak five stars in the very, very you know prestigious Podmania match ratings. But um... it will peak five stars in my heart. Oh, well, there you go then. <laughs> um, the sixth match is a never openweight championship match between Osprey and Dalton Castle.
0: I'm so looking forward to that. I love Dalton Castle. I don't get to see him enough because Ring of Honor is bollocks. But
1: that's going to be so looking
0: forward to that. That's
1: going to be interesting. And then the semi-main event of Mm. night one is a television championship. And I've got a feeling that this is what we should have had um, on one of the New Beginning USA shows with Jeff Cobb taking on Hiroki Gotō. Um, that's also going to be a really, really good match because Cobb mm-hmm. brings out the best in Goto with that shadow. Yeah, doubt. they've had a match before, and it was one of the better ra- matches of Goto's reign. Like there wasn't many good matches in that reign, but it was a good one. Well, I spoke to you about New Year Dash 2019 and mm-hmm. said that the best match by far was the Osprey Kashida Cobb Goto that match, and mm-hmm. said that Cobb bought so much out of Goto that it was it made me want to go and see <laughs> a match. Because
0: Cobb um, can, because can just take all the punishment from Goto and then just push him over.
1: Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, championship matches on night two. You have got the Ring of Honor World Championship match between Jay Lethal and TKO Ryan. Blah. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, like why not just throw a random New Japan, like a New Japan
1: midcarder in there? Exactly. Um, so, and this, this is what I wanted to talk to you about because this sort of rolls into our. New Beginning and Osaka review. I'm really sorry, Garth. I promise that we'll give you something to talk about in a minute. Um, The seventh match, the semi-main event of night two, of Honor Rising, this is on the Saturday, I believe the 23rd of February, is the IWGP Tag Team Championship match between Sonada and Evil and the Gorillas of Destiny again. Now, we have seen this... At the World Tag League final, it Wrestle- was Ki- um, yeah. the World
0: Tag League itself,
1: the, the entire World Tag League was bullshit. But this match yeah. was utter crap. Um, we had then, it
0: twice and it wasn't good either time.
1: Exactly. Then we had it at Wrestle Kingdom, so we've had it four times. Mm-hmm. Wrestle Kingdom, which was was better, but I can't help feeling that it was because of a good guy Tamatonga and B the Young Bucks. <laughs> Um, and both of which are now gone. Exactly. And now we've got it again. Why have we got it again? You could throw any tag team from Ring of Honor into this match. The
0: Briscos are on the card. Throw them in. That would be fun.
1: Well, that's that's the next point. Um, they're in the main event with Jay and Mark Mm-mm. Briscoe taking on the lifeblood team of Juice Robinson and David Finlay. Um, I would love Finlay to win that match. Because I really like yeah. David Finley.
0: Uh, David Finley's fucking great the C Block champion. Um <laughs> just <laughs> amazing, amazing talent. Just love him.
1: But yeah, I'm not looking forward to this tag team match again between LIJ and the Gorillas of Destiny. I've seen it many, many times. <laughs> I'm skipping I'd... it. Yeah, I don't I'm not see watching it. I'm skipping it. I don't see how on earth it's gonna be any better, to be perfectly honest but let's let's enough of that we did have a new japan show uh this took place on <coughs> the monday after our, th- our episode 99 went live um the new beginning in osaka 2019 from osaka Eddian arena it is the Eddian arena um and we have a brand new IWGP heavyweight champion. Hiroshi Tanahashi dropped the belt after less than a month. No title defences. Switchblade JY is the new heavyweight champion. Holy fuck.
0: Yeah, I'm down with
1: this, though. Like,
0: this is definitely the most interesting option they could have went with. Like, who has Tanah not feuded with at this point? They need some fresh feuds in there, and JY White's going to give you that.
1: One hundred percent. And I'm all in with his character, I'm all in with him. I think his entire shtick is brilliant. The only thing that I thought going into this match um was that he'd been booked that strongly on this tour and all the Road Two shows that Tanahashi mm-hmm. at no point got his win back. And at at, at the point of this. No, match, which is rare for Tanahashi. Exactly. He put Jay White over so many times. it almost got to the mm. point where it was almost obvious and predictable that Jay was going to get the belt in this main mm-hmm. event. Um, and I know that a lot of people thought, well, Tanahashi has got n- literally no offense in it at all. He's obviously, you know, Tanahashi's obviously going to retain. But mm-hmm. honestly, absolutely gobsmacked that not only did he only come back from excursion a year, just over a year ago, but Tanahashi, the, the ace of New Japan, has dropped the belt in quite spectacular fashion. Mm, this has been an
0: obvious attempt to get him over, which it has, unless you're one of those people who think that work rate is the only thing that matters, which it's not. Like People in New Japan can carry him. He's going to be as good as Naito within the year in terms of in-ring. It's just, his, he has the best character currently. He's on, on New Japan. He's the biggest heel in New Japan, but there's no point in not putting it on him. And he will adapt very quickly to it. Like people people have always complain a New Japan with change. Like people didn't think Kenny Omega Bell people was ready when he moved up to heavyweight. Or I'm sure there were people at the time complaining that the fucking young lion who just had a bad match at the Wrestle Kingdom Okada beat Tanahashi on Astro's legendary to reign. It happened. And it, it's gonna be good. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. Do you not think the whole Tanahashi thing was just a, a holding Period. Yeah, because to, um, to
2: move it to move it to G White without
0: having him. Because mm, Kenny, Kenny dropped yeah. the belt. Um, mm-hmm. Had to drop the belt because he was on his way out. So, but they didn't want to drop it to
2: Jay White straight away. Yeah,
0: because so. we can't have Jay White win the G One because that would go against the story they were trying to tell with Tanner. So, mm.
1: it will be interesting to see what would have happened if Kenny Omega wasn't leaving the company. Uh, Allegedly,
0: he was going to hold it until the um, MSG show.
1: In which case, would you have seen so Jay win the New Okada. Oh, really? Okay. And then, has Jay Wine just sort of been slipped into Omega's place then?
0: Yeah, kind of, because they need a top guyjin. And like, if you look at the pillar in the last few years, it's either been AJ, Okada. It's been basically with a Bullet Club leader, um, Gaijin Bullet Club leader, in like that fourth pillar. Yeah, in terms of like the four structure. So, yeah, um, to be fair, who else would you have the championship on right now? Like, who else is credible who isn't already
1: holding the championship? No, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. And as the four pillars go, JY is certainly there now. I think we said just before Wrestle Kingdom that he needed those two matches or three matches where they were top (laughs) Level matches, and I think he's had them now obviously the Okada one a wrestle kingdom, and the one that we 're going to talk about in the main event in a moment um but aside from Okada tanahashi, Naito and now Jay White, the Ooh. one person other than those four that I can see legitimately holding that title this year, if it's not going to be one of those four, is the person who announced that he is not leaving New Japan and will be taking place taking his part in the New Japan Cup, which was can possibly I, the just, most exciting thing.
0: Can I just say something quickly? The Golden Lover's breakup has really affected me emotionally. Has it? Um, <laughs> Are you going to be all right? Like, People asked um, Coach Ibushi how he felt about um, Kenny Omega going to AEW, and he just said, I don't think about them very much anymore. Mm-hmm. And Kenny is saying on Valentine's Day that he'd always love um, Ibushi, but he has to pursue this thing, and oh... It, it really has affected me. I'm sorry.
1: It's fine. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I mean, Coach Ibushi, you know, saying that he's staying in New Japan is basically like a brand new signing because not only is he staying, mm-hmm. he's committed for two years because mm-hmm. that's the rumor that's going around at the moment is that he signed a two year contract. I don't think he's winning the New Japan cup. I think that will still be Okada. And I think that we will have Jay White versus Okada again at MSG because that's, that's, That's a main event match. Um, Mm. But Kota is one of the people, possibly the only other person outside the four pillars of New Japan that I can see legitimately holding the heavyweight championship.
0: I could see it having to happen with Suzuki just because every time he has a match, someone says they want to see Suzuki win it. So that could happen, but I think they want to have him be the best who never got there type deal. Oh,
1: yeah. Osprey? I think
0: they'll catapult him up. Osprey in like a year or two, not now. Yeah.
1: I think Ospreay's got to have... I mean, he's 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 literally just become a heavyweight. I think that's certainly on the horizon for him, without a shadow of a doubt. The the way the man wrestles and the charisma of the man in the ring and the story he can tell in the ring now, now that he has learnt to sell, um, I think he will be there. I think he's got to get a couple of G1s under his belt and a couple of New Japan Cups under his belt and actually be seen as that heavyweight as opposed to that upstart junior, which is what he is at the moment. Um, But, you know, it's considering the elite left. And this is the last thing before I go into the New Beginning show. Kenny Omega leaving, Kota Ibushi staying. I will argue this is the best move for Kota Ibushi because the Golden Lovers were fantastic. Unfortunately, we just didn't get enough of them in this last run. Did anyone else think that Kota Ibushi was sort of overshadowed by Kenny?
0: Right, no, so Abushi is not under Kenny's shadow, but right? it's the entirety of the, the story of the Golden Lovers, and I had a much more concise thing about ten minutes ago when I last said this, but, but this is the Internet Problems podcast, apparently. Um, and it's never going to, It's it's just the story. Kenny has always been under the shadow of Code and not the other way around. I know people on Twitter have been saying the other way around, but like they're
1: idiots who don't know anything. At me. Oh Christ. Oh fuck's sake. I thought we got around this. Okay. So <laughs> at Young Lion CXT again. Okay. <laughs> don't at me. I've I've done nothing wrong. I sit here. I placate people. That's what I do. Um. So the new beginning in Osaka. The the point I wanted to talk to you about really quickly, Chris, before our internet inevitably cuts out again, is um the New Japan Cup chances of Kota winning it.
0: Mm, well, they're not going to waste Kota versus j for the first time on MSG, so nah, it's going to be Okada, or Fale or
1: something. <laughs> it, oh God, don't tell me it'll be Fale. No, I'm with you. I think we should be getting an announcement soon of who is actually in it, but I imagine it it's Okada's to lose, let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. um so we did have a new beginning show um a week ago today um and it was the new beginning and Osaka show what we'll do is we'll run down the card we'll talk about the three main matches the three matches this entire show was built around but otherwise I'll just re give you the results and basically a little bit of a rundown of what happened and the star rating that we gave it so match one was hiyoshi Tenzan uh, Juice from Thunder Liger and Kojima defeating the Suzuki Goon team of Suzuki, Izaka, and Takamishinoku after 12 minutes and 46 seconds via yet another DQ. The only real story point of this was that Izaka stopped Suzuki hitting Tenzan with a chair before then just absolutely demolishing Tenzan with that chair. And then both Suzuki and Izaka tore apart um, Tenzan's really, really shit best friend shirt. Apart from that, it was a completely missable match. I'm giving it four stars. I don't think it deserves anything else. Match two, we had the tag champions of Evil and Sonada defeating the Young Lion team of Shota Umino and Aota Yoshida. It's 10 minutes and eight seconds after a magic killer. Again, standard fare. Um, Evil and Sonada looked okay. I thought Shota Umino conti- continues to impress. There's not a lot to say about this match again four stars again chris if you disagree with any of this please jump in and tell me i'm wrong um, match <laughs> match 3 we get another Another, and I feel like I've seen this match about 15 times on this tour. The Losing a Nobles de Hapon team of Naito, Bushi, and Shingo, defeating the Suzuki Goon team of Taichi, Al El Desperado, and Kanemaru at 11 minutes and 02, with Naito pinning Kanemaru after a Destino. I will say now that I am sick of Kevin Kelly screaming Destino over the top of the move. I completely on board the now. Yeah, Thank completely you. on board. This one, it, I think I since you... I got sick of that from WrestleMania. Wrestle Kingdom, I know. <laughs> Kingdom, I, try the fucking T1. I mean, to be honest, I was once Chris had pointed it out, it hadn't bothered me before, but he did it over the Everything is Evil when Evil beats um, Zack Sabre Jr. in Sapporo. And I was like, oh, okay, that's, that's quite irritating. And then he did it here, and I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, shut <coughs> up um it was you know again standard fare. i'm sick of seeing Tachi and naito now i hope they don't engage in like the next year and a half um it it's improved slightly when the two junior teams um entered shingo is again the star as he you know as he is want to be i'll give this match five stars it was better than the opening two post-match roppongi 3k appeared top of the ramp taking the junior tag belts and they are challenging shingo and bushi at the anniversary show and they got booed chris yeah,
0: because I'm <laughs> not much to like about a Punky Three K, apart from the fact that show is amazing. It's just they're, they're getting harder to like.
1: They are, and I'm wondering if it's because they were. You know, what have they got left to do really? Um, and unfortunately, we're at a point now where the junior tag division is that anemic that we are <laughs> going to have to go on the same cycle of three teams for a bit until we've got. Teams that we can put in that because at the moment we've got Bushi and Shingo, we've got Kanemaru and El Desperado, and we've got Rapongi three K. One more
0: team would make um, one more team winning the championships would make another good year of um, feuds. Like bring CCK in, like Gresham and Brooks. That'd be amazing.
1: Yeah, I mean you've you've got a couple of Ring of Honor teams that you could potentially bring in. You know, Red Pro teams as well. Yeah, I mean you could team Robbie Eagles with someone potentially. <laughs> You know, Robbie Eagles is a fantastic competitor. I'm sure that, you know, with him, they would be a very, very good team. Anyway, that's by the by. It was, you know, it was a decent match, as can be exposed. Five stars, middle-of-the-road match. Um, match four was the Bullet Club team of Yujiro Takahashi and Chase Owens, defeating the team of Tomwaki Homma and Yoshi Hashi uh, at 9 minutes 38 seconds after a package <laughs> pile driver. It's very a
0: more boring collection of people.
1: There wasn't. <laughs> it was. It was the worst match on the card, um, and I say this, you know, considering there was a match with fucking Isaka in the, you know, in the opener. This was the worst. There was nothing on the line. Uh, they've made so much about Yoshihashi's return, and then I've done fuck all with him. He's still mired in this meaningless New, meaningless New Japan tag team hell. Um, and it, you know, Homer, Every time he takes the bump, it really scares me. And the fact that he was the one that took the package pile drive from Chase scared the living shit out of me. Um but you know, Chase Owens gets another victory. What is there any is there anything behind that, Chris, or is it just a case of someone's gotta have the pimp? They probably
0: need more bodies in the New Japan Cup.
1: They
0: probably just need more bodies in the cup and that's why they're doing it.
1: Yeah. What is your ceiling of Chase Owens? I mean <laughs> pushed. Pushed, what are we looking at?
0: I think he this is basically it. Maybe a contender. Maybe. Just he's not he's a first he's first round father that's what he is
1: yeah so definitely not main eventing one of the nights of wrestle kingdom no okay fair enough i've given this 3 stars there was literally nothing to report apart from the fact that chase owens picked up another victory following this we've already talked about this Kota Ibushi has announced that he will be staying with New Japan and has signed the two-year contract, which is fantastic. We've talked about this earlier on. Um, I reckon he'll do very well in the New Japan Cup. I, I'm very much looking forward to seeing him in the G1 again. And, yeah, all good news. It's like a brand-new signing for New Japan. This brings us to match five. The Gorillas of Destiny with Giardo defeated the team of Toriyano and Togi Makabe, the most violent players, at 9 minutes and 44 seconds with a stun. This was typical gorillas of destiny match um, there was literally nothing from you know that even strayed slightly away from the gorillas of destiny playbook apart from the fact that tamatonga the amount of time that we've invested in good guy tamatonga has been spaffed spectacularly up the wall at a new as a road to new beginning show and we're back to the exact same shit again so what the fuck chris what's well, so the beaten in the crowd Get me started. <laughs> oh, he was beating people in the crowd. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, this this shit was tired halfway through the G one, and we're now like past the Tokyo Dome, and here we fucking are. And the good guy, we love the good guy stuff. It's so good, like just so good. What happened? I hate it. Don't get me started.
1: Move on. We've <laughs> we've raved about the good guy stuff, and unfortunately, that's just the case. Like I say, um. Tama took the pinfall, hitting a gun stun on Toriano, and then proceeded to absolutely leather the fucking shit out of everyone with a kendo stick, from the cameraman to the young lions to Yano to Milano Collection, yet yeah, to Milano Collection at <laughs> on commentary. Before my favourite part of the entire show, when he shoved a cameraman off of the ramp into the crowd. Or into like a little that. gap between the I crowd, like that and one. it looked savage. It looked horrible. But you know, there we are. They're presumably I've being on that warmed PLD up. Shot. They're presumably being warmed up for their tag team shot at Honor Rising. So whoop de doo, we get maybe to see the, that um, again.
2: Maybe the fact, maybe the fact that Good Guy Tama was offering all these free tickets and um, <laughs> hospitality. <laughs> it's pissed off. Uh, Gittle and he's like, "Fucking, that's them or you." <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, right, time. This is my fucking guy
1: <laughs> Maybe, maybe, maybe.
2: It's coming out of your pocket. <laughs>
1: yeah, your wage packet, mate. Paying for all this fucking cultaholic shit. Good grief. <laughs> um, so yeah, five stars. It was a, it was a decent enough match. There was no botches, so I can't give it any more than that. I can't give it any less. <laughs> This brings us to the third-to-last match on the card, and this was the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match with the champion Taiji Shimori retaining against Ryusuke Taguchi at 16 minutes and 10 seconds with a bloody cross. Chris, what did you think of this match?
0: This exceeded so many expectations. Like Absolutely. It was like the Taguchi of old. He was actually targeting his limb. It was good, and Ishimori is so fast. I think you can make anyone have a great match. I really like this. I give it an 8, actually. It was really good.
1: I am 100% behind you. I've given it 8 as well. Um, that Dodon that um, Ishimori kicks out of, the mm. reaction in the crowd, that just goes to show how much the crowd still love serious Taguchi. There was just enough comedy and parody in this match <clears throat> without it becoming we had, stupid we had the exact right amount of bollock. exactly right. i mean you got Toguchi coming down taking the piss out of ishimori's dancer gimmick from a previous promotion and you know he was taking the piss out of the dance and then ishimori took a piss out of his own dance just to say basically no this is how you do it if you're going to take the piss um <laughs> and the Osaka crowd absolutely fucking loved it and that seemed to bring Teguchi back into the right, I need to be serious and otherwise I'm gonna I'm gonna lose. Um even though with that Dodon, which was an absolutely outstanding kick out by Ishimori because it got me, was there ever really a moment that Ishimori wasn't winning this? Um, the split second after
0: um before that um free count when he kicked out the Dodon. That was basically it. Did you think that was it? Like- I, I was so close. Like, keep in mind, I had just woken up at this point. Just got on right as the match died. And um, just, I, I, that, that two count woke me the fuck up.
1: Yeah, it was a really good match. It was far better than I thought it ever had any right to be. I thought we were looking at a six star maximum. But no, eight stars, I completely agree um ishimori reversed a second dodon into a bloody cross for the victory and to retain his first defense he then called out jushin thunder liger who was sitting with the japanese commentary team and he has said he will accept the challenge anytime anywhere and that is the second title match that has been announced for the anniversary show so do you think that liger has got a prayer in this match no not at all not in any way shape before you think they're just giving ishimori victories
0: yeah like i think a legend killer thing could be cool especially since all the like
1: big good young guys are
0: either in tag matches or out of a um out of an injury right now so
1: yeah i agree i agree really good match far better than i had um okay. i'd expected it to be and that goes really for the semi-main event as well with uh, Kazuchika okada defeating bad luck Fale with chase owens and yujiro at 18 minutes and 10 seconds with a oh. rainmaker
0: I would argue this happens with every Fa- um, Fale Okada match because the bar is so low for Fale But he he has a good match with Okada and we just forget because it's so long between Okada Fale matches.
1: It's their, I believe this victory brings Kazuchika Okada up to 4 3 in their personal uh, sort of face off. Um, mm-hmm. I think was, they were 3 for 3, weren't they? Um, now, I think a lot of this is Okada's ability to sell Fale. I mean, yeah. the amount of selling Okada does. That back body drop that basically launched Okada into the ceiling and when he came out and then it zooms in onto Okada as he rolls out and he's literally coughing up a lung is just, it's absolutely spectacular. Okada is just ridiculously talented. Ridiculously <laughs> so
0: Absolutely. Um there's not really much to say about this match it's a phaliocarda match, but it's probably one of the better
1: examples of a phaliocarda match. I'd give it a seven. I've also given it a seven. I'm so glad we're on the same page, Chris. It <laughs> makes this so much easier. Um, it really does <laughs> basically we had some interference from Chase and Ujira, obviously with Yoshihashi making the save um, before he then got absolutely obliterated by Bad Luck Farley which was quite funny Fast um, reason it's a seven yeah well yeah exactly it also I think it should be a seven for Yoshihashi actually managing to navigate his way from the ramp to the ring without <laughs> destroying his own face so you know <laughs> absolutely fair play to Yoshihashi um, the the I thought the ending sequence, even though it was absolutely fantastic, came out of absolutely nowhere because Farley inexplicably goes to the top rope. It's like, what? You don't belong up there, Farley. What what are you doing up there? Don't go up there. Um, He's cut off by Okada, who hits an avalanche brain buster, followed by a spinning rainmaker and a full rainmaker for the three count and hands Bullet Club there first. And spoiler, only loss. ...of the night. Um, Yeah, I give it seven stars. I'm with you, Chris. Um, I think it was a decent enough match. I think this was made far, far better by um, Okada's ability to sell Farley's offense. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, because Farley is a very one-dimensional character. He is, I am big, man. I can hurt you. That's sort of the whole thing. Uh, But we move on to the main event. Match eight, Switchblade Jay White defeating Hiroshi Tanahashi at 30 minutes and 28 seconds with a Blade Runner wow this match chris
0: um yeah this is definitely the best tanner versus um swift Blade match this week because a lot of the spots are repeated but like when tanner just ate shit on uh um higher jesus christ yeah that, that was actually scary and the ending where um tanner gets caught into why how is it why hasn't bray wyatt done that with the fucking he did Abigail? bray wyatt oh, he did do did? that
1: he caught oh. um, AJ... Uh, Elimination Chamber, ironically, 2017. AJ Styles goes for the Phenomenal Forearm and Wyatt catches him with the sister, Abigail. And it's it was amazing. It's Bray Wyatt's best match by a mile. Um, ah, okay, so... But do carry on, watch anyway.
0: More I should watch more WWE. But that was a great spot. Um, First time I saw it, and it was great. I'd give it a nine. This is a really good match. And again, we're so in sync, Chris. That's what <laughs>
1: I've given it as well. Um, God damn it, this isn't right. <laughs> it's because we're trying to get through it as quick as we can before Chris's internet fucks up again. <laughs> um, in all seriousness, though, there was so many little spots in this match that harken back to previous encounters that it was just mm-hmm. it was constantly, like, every single thing meant something. Obviously, the entire thing, and this was Don Carlos at his absolute fucking best, because he Mm -hmm. made you feel how bad Tanahashi's knees were. I think there's one point where he says, there's no cartilage in Tanahashi's knees. It's literally bone on bone. Bone on bone. Yeah,
0: (laughs) it's Oh, I, I miss Don... I hate you guys when you, were, um, when you used to do Impact because you used to get Don Carlos every week and I was stuck with fucking Kevin Kelly and, whoever, <laughs> and whatever wrestler wasn't on the fucking card. I mean, Chucky e. T, what the fuck?
1: Well, you won't have to worry about that anymore, will you? No. Um I like the fact that at one point, Jay White had to properly reach into his bag of tricks. He had pulled out a Kiwi Crusher out of absolutely fucking nowhere, oh,
0: um,
1: yeah. which uh, Tanahashi kicked out of. Um, you've got Jay White... Sitting seems like forever in the clover leaf before it's then picked up, deadlifted into the Styles clash. I love that. um But yeah, the one, and then of course there was a high fly flow to the back of Jay White while he was crouched on the floor. Jesus Christ, that looked like it hurt. Um, oh, yeah. Good God. um But this match was up. There was no doubt in my mind throughout this match that no matter how much offense Tanahashi got in, jay white was walking away the champion and i think Mm. you know despite again we spoke about this at the start of the podcast you know despite everyone saying you know well i say everyone a few people saying that this was predictable and it made it quite obvious i still loved it you know i still loved it it's still a tanahashi versus jay white match they haven't had a bad match except for the wrestle kingdom one we don't talk about that um (laughs) this was a really 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 good match they are both very very clean in fact i'd argue that the the one bit that sort of stopped it being a perfect match for me was when Jay White grabs um, Tanahashi out of the air for the Blade Runner, it's a bit messy to get him into the Blade Runner.
0: It is a bit messy but also it's a bit of a contrived spot. It was like a cool spot because you don't see it coming but it's a bit contrived. Like he has to get up as soon as Tanner jumps to get him in position and like You have to be a god of timing to do that. So I don't blame it for being messy.
1: Oh, no, absolutely. And don't forget, at this point, they are gone over half an hour. So the chances are they were exhausted. Um, Absolutely. But overall, this show, it was the strongest on paper of the New Beginning shows. And I think it it really did show. It really did deliver, especially all Mm -hmm. three of those matches. I I do suggest that you go out of your way to go and check out those three final matches. Um, But, you know, speaking of matches you need to avoid, seriously, Yoshihashi and Oki Okihoma taking on Takashi and Owens, you can just bin off. In fact... No, you
0: know, don't go out don't your way to say you don't watch that, because it's going to make it sound like the worst match ever. It was just a boring
1: match. It, it is, though. That's the thing. I mean, if you want to see the full write-up, I've done a full write-up on podmania.co.uk, you're welcome, so that you <laughs> don't have to go and watch these undercard matches. But, you know, in all seriousness, those last three matches were absolutely fantastic. Go and check them out. So, Garth, you've sat in silence for quite a long time, haven't you, mate?
2: About a day, in fact. I've just been, uh, you know, just listening to the sultry tones.
1: <laughs> You're saying I have sultry tones? That's lovely, man. Thank you. Um, so obviously, Impact had their television special this week uncaged. It had a very, very exciting card. Um, would you like to run us through that card, Garth? And me and Chris will attempt not to interrupt you, but we probably will talk about the main event and the semi-main event.
2: That's fine. Um, it was. It's odd that it was. It was billed as a sort of TV special, but it was still regular runtime, so it was still only an hour and a half. Yeah. Uh, and 20 minutes, 20 ish minutes of that was the flashback of the week. It,
1: it, <laughs> it baffles me that, you know, things like That's this, redefined, thing. under pressure, all these TV specials that they do final hour, you still get the global flashback of the They've week. Got-
2: and they've got so much talent that wasn't on this card.
1: Yeah. And it's just crazy. And considering there was a was it a six man tag that opened or an eight man tag?
2: The opening match was um it was Tessa versus Tyre. Oh really? Okay. And it was excellent.
1: Really? Their best match it so far?
2: Really. Easily, easily. It will, honestly it's be- the best tire match I've ever seen because so I've probably only seen about five. But <laughs> it was—it's one of the best Test matches I've seen. Okay. Because it was totally different to watch she normally. Is. It was a proper street fight, a real brawl. Yeah. Um, she, like Tess even came out wearing sort of jeans and a t-shirt.
1: I have um, seen pictures of this. Yeah.
2: She had the the Four Horsemen, um, t-shirt on. Um, ProWrestlingTeeth.com Probably I yeah. But no, because Don Callis kept saying It was the actual t-shirt that Tully Blanchard wore um, When he was winning championships and stuff Obviously it wasn't But Fits uh, <laughs> surprisingly um, well but, Yeah And she cut up as well so probably, probably a bit pissed off <laughs> But um, she she's came out looking it, Absolutely going... just What the fuck yeah,
1: Where's my fucking shirt?
2: <laughs> that was signed by Ric damn it. <laughs> Um but no <laughs> she, came, retirement fund. she came down looking like so angry, pissed off brilliant, um, then Ty came up with her normal shtick, um, apart from she had some fucking stomping boots on oh dear. <laughs> I, oh dear I'm pretty sure
0: that's what she normally wears in Lucha Underground
2: is it? Yeah. Uh, she was heavily heavily playing to the whole sort of triple crowd mm. um
0: well, she has to. She's big,
2: bro. but honestly, it was such a good match. Match. I mean, straight away, Tess gets out the ring, grabs the chairs, and Don Callis kept playing the fact that this wasn't Tess's normal match. She's never been in a street fight. Ty is more at home at these matches, and it just fed into more the fact how good Tessa Blanchard is at it, it adopting our style.
3: Yeah.
2: Um. Honestly, God, she was fucking brutal with some of the shots. Um. She. <laughs> there was a there was a bit where she um, she had tire against the guardrail, and the guardrails are those immovable metal ones. Yeah, yeah. And she had tire tire against it. She threw the chair at her, so she's obviously on the floor. Threw the chair at her, and then took a run and drop kicked the chair into her face. Jesus! Against the metal railing, and there's no effort to go. There's no movement at all. Um, that was a pretty brutal shot. Um, there was. Uh, Taya got thrown into the crowd and then she smashed um, a a cup of beer over Tessa. Um, That's always a good spot. Always. And then uh, Tessa threw her back in the ring and threatened to hit the crowd with a chair. (laughs) 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 And the guys, you can see the guys legitimately sort of flinch. (laughs) (laughs) But all the way through this match, Tessa had this like bulldog look on her face. Just looked mean. Um, she was working the knees she was, uh, Tessa started working sorry Ty was working Tessa's knees uh, smash it with the chair and stuff uh, the, Tessa put her head in the chair smash it off the ring post it was a full on brawl I don't even think there was actually any real wrestling done just kicked
0: ten bells of shit out of each other Shane Douglas was just sitting there going this is shit
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> a
1: quick flare.
2: and Oof. then they did the uh, the spot where they set the two chairs up in the middle of the ring and sat on them yeah and slapped each other.
1: Oh, it's always a good spot. Always
2: a good spot. But then, but, but then Ty just stood up and just kicked him in the in the chest. Oh God. Sent him flying off the chair. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was just, like I say, it was it was non-stop. It was so good. Um, they had this board set up as well. It was like sort of, it had like, like Loka versus Diamond. And it was on this sort of, it wasn't a table. It was just a sort of, like a wooden Board in the corner. Yeah. It was obviously set up for a spear. So Tess' spears are into it and uh, tie into it and it doesn't break. They just bounce off it. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) TNA counter for for tables. They also counter for gimmicks. Wood. I I think they just (laughs) used a a real thick piece of wood. Um, She did that. Then they tried it again. It didn't work. So Ty just was like, fuck it, I'll get a table. Um, Standard. got Got the table out. The table half collapsed when she put tyre on it. It's <laughs> like fuck. This is a bit of a cluster. It's the then. opposite <laughs> of
0: Japanese <laughs> table.
2: Um, but I was watching it, and um, Don Callis was working his magic so well because he kept saying, "Oh, she hasn't put the chair up properly because she's so like quick to want to get up top to get get her through the table." So he was sort of working into the match. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she goes up on the table and then does a double stomp through the table. Jesus. Um, Yeah, and then um gets the win, so tyre retained, but honestly I give it 8, so close to 9, but 8 8 out of 10 for that.
1: Interesting, interesting, um,
2: okay. But then, I mean, that, that was the one that I really just wanted to sort of go through the spots because it was def- it's definitely highly recommended if all the matches on the card this is one of the be- best ones.
1: I think as um, well, we've spent a lot of time doing the impact reviews and we have really ragged on you know, the Tessa Blanche and Taya Valkyrie matches, <laughs> saying that they haven't lived up to expectations. So to have one that actually has lived up to expectations is quite refreshing. So I don't blame you for going through it.
2: Yeah, and, and tie it like I say, completely different sort of feel because this is her type of match and she was really all in. So basically, um,
1: what we've got to do is we've got to have matches where Tyre solely wrestles a hardcore style.
2: Yeah, just smashes people here. Yeah.
1: Well, that's what she's
0: going to be used to because that's basically all of AAA and all of Leech Underground.
2: Well, that's it. I mean, it's
0: just, it was just crazy
2: spots. I mean, the double foot stomp—holy shit! Looked
3: hard.
1: Yeah, I think I've um, seen that gift on Twitter.
2: But it's, it's no, like it's—it's it's definitely her best match I've seen. Um, then we just had the, oh, the flashback match which was some. Random Bam for Glory match with them. Um, I think it was in 2017 with James Storm, EC3, Eddie Edwards. Oh, against... is this
0: on a Cycle Clown?
2: No, it's... it was Well, it was against three random Triple guys.
0: Was the Hano in there? I Because I think I know this one.
2: Uh, I can't remember. I fast forwarded it. Good stuff. <laughs> I just saw it and I thought this was sort of when TNA was absolute sort of worse. It was almost going out of business. Drizzling shit. So, yeah, and I just thought, I'm not there to watch retro stuff. I want to watch the, the current stuff. Um, so then we just had a, a few backstage bits with um, Team Impact, which was Sammy Callan, Falibar, Eddie Edwards, and Eli Drake. Sammy Callan just basically announced himself as Team Captain <laughs> and then uh, walked away. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I love Sammy Callahan. He's just, he's brilliant. He really he's is. He's what we want Dean Ambrose to be.
2: He is, he absolutely. Is. Definitely. Uh-huh. Good shot. I like. But the WWE would never ever let him get anywhere close to that.
1: Well, fingers crossed, you know, Dean Ambrose is leaving, therefore he must be going to All Elite. Yeah, but but fingers crossed, he does end up, like, you know, actually having a match with Sammy Callahan. That could be yeah. very, very exciting.
2: Um... So, after that one, uh, the next match was pretty pointless, and I don't see why they had this one, on it was Ethan Page versus Willie Mack.
1: Right. Um,
2: No real reason for it, um, it was just, <laughs> honestly, it was just an average weekly match, decent shown from both of them, but really didn't mean anything, no. didn't go anywhere, there was no story involvement either side, so it was just... A, which is an average, all right? Match. I'll just give it a five because it didn't really, like I said, didn't really do anything. Yeah. Um. That led to um. Killer Cross promo. Um. Where he was sort of staring into this white light and he looked absolutely fucking terrifying. It was like the light was right in his face, and then he took his glasses off, and his eyes were just fucking almost three D. <laughs>
1: I mean Killer Cross um, is just the best promo in Impact by an absolute country mind.
2: So so good. And he, he's obviously he just keeps feuding the fact he wants to kill um Johnny Impact. Um so and then all in the same shot, which was quite well worked, you had Killer Cross and he walks off camera, and then the camera panned and you see Willie Mack coming back from his match, goes into the change room and then the Chris brothers following him. In. Ah. And close the door.
1: Okay, interesting.
2: And that's the last you hear of that for the whole show. So this is obviously and, going to feed in to yeah, the next to be, sort
0: of... To yeah. be fair, it's not the weirdest thing Impact have ignored in the last year considering they, ignored, they basically just scuffed over a vehicular homicide.
1: That is true. Yeah, they did. True. Yeah. They did. The OGs did legitimately show. try and kill a child.
0: Yeah, that was I, a weird show to be a part of.
2: It was good. <laughs> um, after that, we had Triple A, which was just a sort of average sort of um, Team Triple A promo. Psycho Clown, Aerostar by Kingo and Kim Puma. I fucking hate Psycho Clown. By the way, he's the worst. I don't mind him. He's all right. He's, <laughs> he, he's their top sort of baby face, so he's going to be there. Um, and then, then this is weird because. Sammy Callahan is in the like the, the sort of World Cup match that they're calling it, but then he comes out and does this bit. Next, he calls out Rich Swan, where we are okay. told there was going to be a, a resolution to it. He was going to reveal it all, and he actually revealed nothing.
1: <laughs> Who'd have thought it?
2: <laughs> he came out. He said, "Come on out, Rich Swan. Blah blah blah. Come and put this shirt on. I've been trying to get you to wear for weeks." Um Rich Swan comes out. Um no. I'm not wearing it, throws it on him. <laughs> Is that the promo? No. It's it just it's just like I think he just throws it down and then Sammy Callahan attacks him. So Rich Swan throws him out and then does a Phoenix splash to the outside. Fair enough. And then um uh, then Sami ends up pile driving him on the the, the ramp. So yeah.
1: So literally guess- nothing got resolved?
2: <laughs> Nothing. Because he's
1: fucking done a waste of time. Driver. I know. He's done a pile
2: driver on the stage and he threw threw him through the um like the sort of the little tables that they have set up at the side conveniently. Oh, off yeah. the ramp. Um so he threw him through that and then that was sort of obviously he's taken him out until next week, um to find out what happens. But again it's just that they, they built this up so much that there was gonna be some sort of actual big reveal or a resolution to it but it's just another step
1: I mean you can't go wrong with another step to be fair it's a nice long storyline that's bubbling underneath Um mm-hmm. it would have been nice to get a little bit more I don't know let's say progress because let's... that's what
2: I mean like the, the actual like the sort of meat behind the story I mean obviously you've got the Willie Mack thing with the Christs before this and that's going to feed into it all but I don't know I thought I thought they were actually going to give us some more stuff on this sort of special. Fair enough. Um, And then we had the um, the World Cup match, which was a bit odd because it was basically just America versus Mexico. Um, (laughs) Life in real life. And it was, it was a good match. It was decent. It was just a bit, it's another one of those matches where you think, who's the legit, who's been tagged in here? Because everyone's in the ring. Everyone's fighting outside the ring. Everyone's fighting all over the shop. Um, and it's like an elimination style as well. So and people just seem to be pinning each other. And I was watching,
0: I was thinking, I'm sure you've never been pinned in, uh, tagged in yet. To be fair, um later late uh If someone rolls out, um, rolls out um, someone can just come in.
2: Is it? Well, yeah. they, didn't, they didn't explain that time. <laughs> um, but uh,
0: it was enjoyable. I mean,
2: there was a lot going on. And I've seen Aerostar before and he's fucking get him and phoenix together holy shit oh
0: my god <laughs> oh him and phoenix have been together in Leech underground they were a trios champion
2: that's brilliant like he's, he's so good and he's fucking insane the stuff he was doing off the ropes as well he just sort of like jumping onto the ropes like landing on his back and then flipping forward so he can go anywhere um but don Carlos was mentioned that they've signed that vikingo I think he's actually signed to impact the work more shows. He's absolutely amazing as well. He's the sort of upcoming starlet, I think, of Mexican wrestling. Yeah. Um, on a good show. He was made to look like the, the sort of top one out of the, the Mexican side. Um, but Psycho Clown was the one who pretty much won the match. He got a few roll-ups. Every, I think every every pin bar, one or two of them was a roll-up.
1: Really okay. There was
2: a there was there was Eddie Edwards got pinned because Eli Drake, um, had been sort of rolled up, <laughs> and then uh, he, I mean, there's a storyline where Eli Drake is trying to convince Eddie Edwards to go back to being not crazy, yeah.
3: Um,
2: and so he's saying, Oh, no, you don't need the kendo stick, blah blah blah. So then Eddie, um, Eli Drake tries to use the kendo stick, Eddie Edwards grabbed it, Uh, So that's sort of they're setting up a feud obviously um but this match more so set up that feud um Falibar, fucking hell fallibar
1: you leave fallabar alone <laughs>
2: no he had actually quite a good showing in this um, he actually he threatened to do a plancher <laughs> <laughs> he ran down the ropes then he stopped and sort of God. climbed out then jumped off the apron
0: nice <laughs> he's just a legend <laughs> 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 Tweet comes up on phone, Arena falls down in Mexico. <laughs> um,
2: but it was like Don Callis made one quote because he, he came up against Aerostar and he went, uh, Falabars ate bigger lunches than Aerostar. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Love it. So at the end it was just um, Eddie Edwards versus Cycloclown and um, Clown gets a win because Eli hits Eddie Edwards with a cane. <laughs>
1: Alright, oh, okay. Well that's um, nice teamwork.
2: And that's it. That was the match. It was like I say it was good. It was it was so much going on, it was hard to sort of sort of make notes. I was yeah. just sort of working from memory. But um definitely sort of Vikingo came out of it looking really strong and you've got the Eli Drake versus Eddie Edwards story coming out of it. Nice. Um so yeah, I'll give that one seven because it was it was good. It was a bit all over the place.
1: Yeah um, bit of a spot fast.
2: But it was good. Um and then, I think they've been in TNA before, but Reno Scum were advertised.
1: Oh, yeah, they're coming back in two like, weeks, aren't they? I've seen this. Punk,
2: uh, they're sort of punks. Um, so that was advertised. Then you had um, Conan and Lex backstage. Conan
1: was pissed off. Obviously. Uh, <laughs> Is he, he ever
2: was, happy? I was just going to say,
1: his default setting.
2: Uh, and then he went, I'm going to go and try and get a rematch. So we're going to get that again.
1: The Richard Brothers. I'm absolutely fine with that. Yeah. Do not um, mind that at all.
2: We get another Sue Young and Ali crazy weird skit batter sage.
1: I am not alright with that. Um <laughs> What was... the fuck is going on with that?
2: Oh well, don't, don't, just don't. They were just standing there and the camera flashed a couple of times and Rosemary was behind them. Then it flashed a couple of times and she was gone again. That was pretty much it. <sighs> <sighs> mind so, the kids. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's just um, boring. And then we had the the main event, which was good, but it wasn't great. It wasn't as good as the matches that have come before.
1: Is it In one of street... those where we'd hyped it and therefore it was a little bit disappointing? Yeah, and I mean the, the
2: the Killer Cross versus Impact match from a few weeks ago that was like stellar. Yeah, this doesn't quite get there because there was again there was I think there was just too many people involved.
1: Yeah, I can I can see that. I don't really understand how Moose had made his way into the match aside from helping well, kill a Cross. But... To
2: be fair, Moose was one of the best bits because he was so funny. Honestly, so like, on oh, Cage came out with his Terminator gimmick as well. Oh, okay. his fucking fritzing.
1: Oh, it, it's the most Poundland Terminator I've ever seen. It's, it's like awful. You've got,
2: Ken, you've got Kenny Omega who's doing it for real. Then you've got. Brian Cage, just asked one of his kids to make his outfit.
0: There <laughs> <laughs> are two types of people at Halloween. <laughs>
2: that's, that's Don't it. be a Brian Cage. Those who buy and those who make. <laughs> um, but no, it, it was it was a good match, and like, Moose and Cross were working together for a lot of it. Um, and then every time Cross did a move on impact, Moose would try and cover him. <laughs> so Cross was pushing off saying, what are you doing? And Moose was like, it's okay, it's all right. Sorry, I just got... And, like, Don Calfield's saying, he's just, he's just caught up in the moment, he's caught up in the moment. And um, so, then, then Killer Cross turns around and Moose tries to roll him up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, like, Cross kicks out and he's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and Cross looked legitimately fucking pissed off. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I thought you were Impact. And, like, they do this, like, sort of makeup hug. <laughs> and um, and cr- crosses, like Cross is like smiling, smiling, and then you when know, he's looking at him, his face just turns, he just sambo suplexes and tries to pin him. But... <laughs> you're, you're saying this match was disappointing, Garth?
0: This sounds amazing. <laughs> okay,
2: well, I'll get to it, I'll get to the disappointing part. But I mean, this bit was all fun, this bit was good. And <laughs> the thing is, it's not working to a feud because after every time they did it, they sort of looked at each other and were like, yeah, okay. Yes,
3: <laughs> <You're> Camp. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. Like. You cheeky um, tyke. But it's like um crusted like a sort of three-way sort of um top rope sort of slam as they do, you know, like the sort of
1: The Tower of Doom.
2: Superplex Tower, yeah, and you sort of pull them all down it. Um and then Cage caught Moose with the Drill Claw. And this was the ending which fuck me, it was so Cage Caught Moose with the grill claw. Then Moose took out Cage. And in between all that happening, Impact hit um, Moose with the shitest Starship pain I've ever seen. Like, he literally didn't hit him. It's but a... Moose sold it as if he'd been hit with a, like, dropped a ton of bricks on him. <laughs> and it's, uh,
1: it's a fucking contrived move, isn't it?
2: It's a shit move. It's not a finisher. It shouldn't be a finisher. Um, not when he's got the other one like moonlight drive whatever he calls it yeah um I d-
0: all of his moves just blurred together because they all have really stupid names they do yeah. all have stupid names
2: and he does he does that um he does a really good um like mid rope sort of um spear that's a really good fin- move where he sort of jumps over the rope jumps onto the middle rope and spears yeah. um but oh, fucking hell I-, I was watching i was like please don't be the finish and then obviously Cross is fighting with Cage, so Impact gets the pin, keeps the belt, the crowd are <laughs> booing like mad. Um, and Cage is just like, what the fuck? Like He's, he's like, you he's still haven't beat me sort of thing. Impact just looks at him and holds the, thing, the belt up, and I'm like, you are the fucking most heelish person in this match.
1: <laughs> in a
2: match of heels? You are the heelist? <laughs> it's horrible. Um, i gave give the match a 7 because it was an alright match but the finish was absolute dog shit um, so yeah overall decent show uh, worth watching for the um, for the tyre match and this match was good apart from the finish um, the rest <clears throat> take it or leave it, it doesn't, it's quite inconsequential
0: I kind of want to see the moose and killer crush shenanigans now
2: it's good it's funny because you just you know that they're having fun as well so that that was an uh, impact. went quite long there. but uh, No, not at all.
3: I've it, enjoyed your was, rundown
2: of it. It was fun. Um, interesting to see what they come up with this week with the feuds that they're building on. I'm, I'm actually quite interested to see where they go with Eli and Eddie Edwards because it means Eli gets on TV more.
1: Well, any chance of Eli being on TV is a good thing for me. So I'm absolutely fine <laughs> with that. So yeah. thank you very much Garth for your impact rundown this week. Um I'm definitely going to check out uh, check out Ty versus Tessa. I think that sounds amazing and I'm going to check out the Moose bants because Moose is yes. hilarious. Um <laughs> so we move on to the WWE and before we sort of we go through Raw, SmackDown and Elimination Chamber, um I just want to say, you know, add a little bit of news that we didn't get to earlier because <laughs> spoiler we've had to do this podcast in two halves in case you hadn't noticed. Um Spot the join. Spot the join, exactly. One of the many. Um, So, one of the Hall of Fame inductees of 2019 has been announced, and yeah. it's not China on her own. It's DX, but DX with China. So, yep. in some way, shape, or form, China is in the Hall of Fame. I mean, that's amazing. Well-deserved absolutely great stuff absolutely fantastic stuff people are moaning that it's with the x i don't care at the moment i'm sorry you're just gonna have to deal with it but it's still gonna be china hall of famer yeah china will be a hall of famer absolutely and that's exciting i'm happy for it i really am Mm -hmm. And well done. Well done, China. Um, so, anyway, we're going to move on to Raw and SmackDown before we go on to Elimination Chamber. So I'm just going to run through a couple of things from Raw, guys, and then, Chris, you want to talk about SmackDown, primarily for the gauntlet match that you enjoyed so much. Um. Two main things coming out of Raw. I'll go through the minor one first, and then we'll go through the major plot. The major plot line coming out of Raw. Um. So the first thing is that the revival... Uh, beat Bobby Roode and Chad Gable for the Raw Tag Team Championships. This sort of proved... I mean, A, massively, massively, you know, just overdue. Yeah. The fact that The Revival haven't been Tag Team Champions at this point is absolutely baffling. And it is amazing what you do when you moan about your push.
0: Not... It's not. You can't pretend this is the revival, like fix and tag team wrestling on Raw is fine now. No, no. Like this is like this yeah, is Vince. The champion. This is Vince and... going. Give them the titles,
1: damn it! <laughs> I, I don't, don't care. They're just toys. Excellent yeah. impression, Garth. Well done. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's obvious it. It's a little bit too coincidental that this has fallen just after the revival very, very openly asked for their release from the contract. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, you've still got to put on decent matches. You've still got to show that the actual division means something. I mean, the the revival won the tag team championships. Did anybody really give a shit? No, not Not really. (laughs) I mean, Bobby Roode and Chad Gable put on an excellent match with them. Um, in fact, I believe on a house show, on one of the house shows leading up to this Raw, they they went 40 minutes. So, you know, I'm hoping that this can be a springboard from which the Raw Tag Team division can sort of recover because at the moment you've got them, you've got the uh, Chad Gable and Bobby Roode, you've got the Authors of Pain, who half of which are injured, you've got the B team, you've got the Ascension, I believe they're still a thing, and you've got Hawkins... And Zack Ryder, I'm sure there is a team somewhere there that I've missed. Do we know what brand Heavy Machinery are on yet? Nope. Okay.
0: They've been going across both.
1: Well, there you go. So you've got Heavy Machinery as well. Out of those seven teams, yeah. taking one out for Authors of Pain, are any of them legitimate threats to the Revival? Um, B-Team have beaten the Revival. Everyone has beaten the Revival, Chris. That's the, the thing point. thing now,
2: now that the Revival are, are tag team champions... They could do an Ultimate Warrior now and hold those belts to ransom. Oh my God, they actually <laughs> take them to All Elite. <laughs> <laughs> we're not we're not bringing them back until you double our wage. Can you Im- they could go to another company and go, we are now tag team champions. We want more money.
1: <laughs> Can you imagine oh, they- that, turning up at double or nothing? Do the Ric Flair thing. We're the real tag team champions. <laughs> yeah. All you got to do is put but- a deposit down on the belt, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> um and then obviously the second thing and this was possibly one of my favorite things to come out of this weekend uh, sorry this this week in wrestling was that Charlotte Flair has officially been and put, inserted into the main <laughs> event of WrestleMania And people lost their fucking minds. This is absolute bullshit. This is ridiculous. This is absolutely ridiculous. How dare they do this to Becky? It's like, oh, my God, it's storyline. It is the greatest bit of storytelling ever. I absolutely love The fact that you've now got corporate Charlotte, oh, my God.
0: (laughs) The same people complaining about this are the same people going, there's no long-term storytelling in WWE no more. And um, no, because seriously, in one night, you've made Charlotte the most hated person in the company, Becky the most loved person in the company, and Ronda Rousey a pissed-off champion.
2: I know, how dare they insert the best female wrestler on the
1: whole roster in the main event? How dare they, Garth? (laughs) No, no, no,
0: she's not Candy candy Floss.
1: Oh my fucking Christ. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) God, Oh, God.
0: how they got that in, didn't you, Chris? Every week.
1: (laughs) Just, just listen to the disdain in Man and Garth's voices. Just listen, Chris. No, it is.
2: You know what's even worse? I don't even know who she is. <laughs> don't, I'll
0: don't show him. I've never seen her. Don't show him. Don't you dare show him. <laughs> she's, she's happiness and kinda but not like, oh yeah, it's. It's a good angle. People complaining about this do not understand wrestling.
1: No, not at all. It's absolutely fantastic. And there's quite, there's a lot of people drawing the parallels between the Stone Cold Steve Austin storyline and then sort of going, well, Charlotte is the corporate rock in that situation. Yes, of course it (laughs) is. It was a storyline that worked. Sorry, do you not notice that the Daniel Bryan storyline from WrestleMania 30 was lifted almost move for move from the Chris Benoit match? You know, Also, that rock one was like 20 years ago. I know. Deal with it, guys.
2: And twenty years ago, 20 you know ago In the nineties, the they were pulling shit from twenty years before that, from the seventies.
1: So, deal with it. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're know, Go on, Chris.
0: But so us somewhat segues onto SmackDown. Charlotte is now casting kind of the best drama of her career
1: because her voice fits a corporate champion. It does, and I'm sorry, Charlotte is not a face. She's she just she cannot do. She is face. She can't do it The that whole naturally superior thing. You just can't. Exactly, which is the
2: same. Which is the same for Becky. She doesn't do heel.
1: She does mm-hmm. badass, but not heel. Yeah, exactly. It's like Austin could way not Kenta do heel. Kenta can't be a heel. Kenta can't be anything in the WWE. <laughs> I said Penta, but I know, no, oh, never Penta. Uh, oh, I apologize. Yeah. If I said Kenta. <laughs> I mean, neither of them are in the WWE anymore. Let's move on. So, SmackDown, Chris.
0: So this actually was great on to actually you know what they did on SmackDown, they played Charlotte being um announced and then as soon as her music would hit like on the Titan Tron, that's when they started her music, it was fucking great. But um she's cutting the she came out, cut a promo going, I don't care, like this I am the best for business, etc. Best promo of her fucking life. And then there was a 6 way to decide who goes first into the chamber. Which the Iconics actually did really smart, where they just didn't tag in because you get nothing if you win. So, <laughs> like, so we just didn't tag in. It, like, I love the Iconics; they're fucking great. Damn um, chicken shit heels. And so, who won that? I forget who won that. Anyway, so next was an amazing Miz and Usos segment, <laughs> where like the Usos were going, "This is blood. We, I, I know everything about him." And then like Shane was like. I know I think about Miz. It's like I'm Miz. Like, hey, what's my favorite food? Quiche. Quiche. Wait, <laughs> quiche. <laughs> it was absolutely. I'm. A- I i do not care what anyone says. I am thoroughly entertained by Shane and Miz. I love it. But um, moving on, the Garment match. Oh my god! Like they made a star of Kobe Kingston in one night. I won't go through all of it, but basically, he went 15 minutes with um, Brian. He um, surprised Joe. Um, and he, he, he didn't get past AJ because AJ targeted the leg. AJ was actually great. He was like, "Look, I'm not. I won't fight you. Just go out. Like you, you got this far, just go." And Kofi was just pushing him, going, "No, I've been here fucking longer than you. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to fight you." But then he gets put out, and then Orton comes out, out of nowhere, Archeos, um AJ for the win. It was amazing stuff. Like. And I'm abridging it for the sake of time, but like seriously, go and watch this. Like, Kofi, no, I did not expect Kofi to get past Daniel, let alone Daniel and Joe, and take AJ to its limit. And Hardy, actually, but to be fair, Hardy can't go that long anyway. That's super <laughs> about Hardy. The, the overall consensus is fucking Kofi Kingston's
2: coming out with this like a megastar.
0: Oh, he has. Like, people were going, oh, that was meant to be for Mustafa Ali. I'm like, I don't care who it was meant to be for. I don't think this would have worked with Mustafa Ali. This was a perfect. This is a perfect story. They've made a star out of Kofi in a week. Well, the thing is, that there's investment with Kofi because he's so long standing. Yeah, like you see it all the time. Like when Kofi's in the money in the bank match, when he almost wins, the crowd parts because he's been yeah. there for so long and dicked about so much, and he's just great. It's so, I'm so happy to see him get this mini push. Forever, and it continues. It looks to be continuing after the chamber. But oh my god! Like the, the the star they've made out of Kofi in this week has been amazing. It shows when WWE are back to the corner, they can actually book a really good angle.
1: Yeah, it's quite ironic, really, that the person who's coming out of this the worst is Mustafa Ali. Um, yes, because you know the underdog babyface that this was supposed to be was, as you've said, Mustafa Ali, and unfortunately that put that has you know by hook or by crook been quite spectacularly made Kofi Kingston. Um, you know. Mm. When when they announced um, that Kofi would be replacing Mustafa Ali in the chamber, I was a little bit sceptical. I'm not going to lie. I've grown some, a little bit. I was like, why not Almas? Why not Ray? I That was mine. Almas was mine. Um, but do you know what? I was like, do you know what? I like Kofi Kingston. He was, you know... Whenever I'm on the WWE games, you know, me and my brother were playing when we were like 13, 14. He would be the person that we made, you know, the United States champion. He'd always be the one that we made when it's Al, because we loved playing as Kofi. Um, mm. And then, you know, you look, you watch The Gauntlet and you think, fucking Ali, he, you know, he's still really, really good. He's not just, you know, a pancake shilling lunatic. Um, <laughs> and then you watch just that little bit, you can YouTube it where you've mentioned it, where he pushes AJ and goes, no. I have waited eleven years for this opportunity, and it's just like fucking you go, Kofi. Yeah, go, girl. Yeah, you go, girlfriend. (laughs) And you know, and this is AJ Styles, who we all love, and we're all like, fuck off, AJ. Yeah, you get
0: out the ring. Um, Go back back to
1: Wendy. Yeah, how is Wendy? (laughs) Says Samoa Joe. Um, But yeah, this ultimately this made me very very excited for Elimination Chamber, and I watched it this morning. Uh, Chris, I know you've watched bits of it. Garth, I know you. have watched the, had... ch- I've watched
0: the chamber matches.
1: Okay, and Garth, you haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but I assume you're just going to no. chime in where you can. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bore everyone with a complete full rundown of it. Um, I will, you know, we'll go through the match, we'll go through the star ratings, and you know, we'll start with the pre-show, which was the cruiserweight championship match, uh, which Buddy Murphy retained over Akira Tozawa after 13 minutes and 25 seconds after Murphy's Law. Buddy Murphy is absolutely sensational this, he's on another level this match could quite easily have been if it had been put on the main card this would have stolen the main card with the exception of yeah. the men's chamber match this was absolutely outstanding Buddy mm-hmm. Murphy and Akira Tozawa because let's I will say it now, there wasn't just Buddy Murphy in there. Akira Tozawa was absolutely incredible in this match. But if you haven't seen it, and the chances are people won't see it because people can't be bothered to find the pre-show on the network, go and find it because this match alone is worth it. It was an absolutely phenomenal match. It's it's interesting to watch, actually, on Twitter, and you see actual WWE superstars, you know, people like The Velveteen Dream, are live-tweeting during this show and going... Why on earth are you putting these last? Why, sorry, why are you putting sorry. these on the pre-show? This mm-hmm. the, the cruiserweight championship. If it is still on Buddy Murphy, which you know, hopefully it will be come WrestleMania, it's got to be on the main show. Mm-hmm. It's It'll got be... to be on the main show. If you think, it's, it's... if you think that that could be a ladder match, a cruiserweight championship ladder match between Buddy Murphy and you know two or even three of you know Cedric Alexander, um, Drew Gulak, and I don't know, Nese. No, I'm done. Yeah, literally, you could name anyone; it would be an absolute show stealer. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, everyone loves ladder matches, so you put a ladder match on at mania, everyone's gonna love it. But this was absolutely fantastic. I gave it eight stars. I, there's just there's no way getting a there's no way of getting around just how good these cruiserweights are. And when 205 Live is one of the best things you are putting out on a weekly basis, it needs to be given more. More exposure on the main brand, I'm afraid.
2: It's been that way for a while, though, with the the big pay per views and the stick that first. It it always it, they always put on a good show. I mean, even going back to Aries versus
0: Neville, that was one of the best shows of that whole card at Mania. Yeah. You think it's because it would kind of um, take the wind out of the sails of what's immediately before and after it? I think that, that that's exactly it
2: yeah. And they're, they're not won. willing to they're not willing to sacrifice one of the "Quote unquote big stars" for the pre-show.
1: Mm-hmm. No, and that's a shame, really, because you know, if 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 I had the choice at Mania at the moment of putting either the Cruiserweight Championship or the United States Championship on the pre-show, I know damn well which one I put on the pre-show.
0: Yeah, you know what, though, I'd be very happy if Cruiserweight championships started again, defended at Takeovers. I think that might be a good dose of action,
1: just to give it. Any kind of exposure, because this match will have got nowhere near the exposure it should have done. And if you are listening, you know, we've got a fantastic um, listening figures for the last show. So thank you for that. And we got a lot of listeners in America. Please go and check out the Cruiserweight show, the Cruiserweight match on the pre-show. Please go and do it. Um, we then got the Women's Elimination Chamber, the Women's Elimination Tag Chamber. This was not, as Michael Cole said, for the WWE Women's Championship it was for the tag team championships. Michael Cole, you fucking. By
0: the tag belts look like a shit in the promotions tag
1: belts. I quite like them. I quite like them simply because they're different than the WWE women's championships. I'm I'm quite yeah. happy that they're different. Yeah,
0: but like if you're offered a plate of vomit after eating shit for five years, that's the type <laughs> thing.
1: like they're not good. <laughs> If we ever get shirts, if we ever get merch, (laughs) that is what I want your shirt to say
0: you say that this every other podcast
1: i know you want you want a living quote machine i'm afraid um <laughs> anyway the tag team elimination chamber match the boss and hug connection bailey and sasha banks defeated carmella and naomi um fire and desire which apparently is the new name for mandy rose and Sonia deville nia jackson tamina the iconics and the riot squad in 33 minutes almost to the second to become the first ever wwe women's tag team champions um, of this reign anyway, because they have had tag team champions before. This was a good match. This was, it was good. It it's was the fi- best
0: tag one, mostly because Callisto isn't fucking breaking up tags for me. Mar-
1: <laughs> Just because Callisto isn't in it. I mean, let's face <laughs> it, if Callisto was in this tag chamber match, everyone would be like Santina Morella all over again.
0: See, I think it makes more sense as a tag team than Bailey and Sasha.
1: But Well... Corey Graves was not letting that dog lie, was he? He was like, Sasha Banks stabbed her in the back this time a year ago. What's she doing tagging with her? Um, yeah, there
0: was a great moment where um, Sasha pulled up Bailey.
1: Yeah, well, they were hearkening Bailey back to 2018, yeah. And you can check out a retro review of that on our website, written by moi. <laughs> um, anyway, so, yeah, just there was a lovely harkening back to that. I don't understand the team of Carmella and Naomi. I, I mean... One of them's a face, one of them's a heel. I don't really understand that. No, no amount of dance breaks is going to make Carmella a face. I think she's a far better heel than she is face. They were sort of a team thrown together to go into it, whereas every other one sort of made sense. I thought they had a fantastic showing for Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, especially Mandy Rose. You know, if the rumours are true that Vince is hot on Mandy Rose, it was very, very clear here. I mean,
0: it's very, cl- it's very clear she is because during the entrance, they blurred out
1: Sonya Deville. <laughs> they did. And do you know what? I love Sonya Deville. Absolutely I'm loves t- Sonia you She's
0: gotten so much better. Like she was shite this time last year, but she's gotten so much better.
1: Oh, she has. She's massive. And to be fair, so was Mandy Rose because yeah, even in NXT where she hadn't had a lot of TV time before she came up, she was dog shite. And you <clears> know, <throat> she was basic. She was basically a not very good Liv Morgan. And when Liv Morgan came up, she wasn't very good either. So that's not a compliment.
0: you have thought we'd have been. These would have been two of the. Um, stand out from the Tough Enough roster.
1: Exactly, exactly. Um, Nia Jax, um, every time she touches someone now, it gets to the point where I'm like, is she going to injure someone? And that's, that's oh, well. not the right way you should be thinking about it's, someone. It's not just that. How does Tamina still have a job? I d- She's d- shite. She did one thing, and that was the splash onto both of the... Was it both of the Iconics to eliminate them? So. um Nia Jax, in fairness to her, she went through a pod... And she went to go and spear Bailey, missed Bailey, and went through the glass, of the, you know, the glass in the- inverted commas. Fucking hell.
0: Because apparently um, big people
1: can't um, change their direction when they're going past five yeah. miles an hour Gee in WWE. Jesus Christ. Honestly, she went through it with the same reckless abandon that has led to so many injuries. It's no wonder <laughs> she injures people. Fuck me. Um... The Riot Squad looked decent for the short time they were in it, they have, they did the twin cross-bodies um, off the top of the pod. Um, the Iconics, now, the Iconics, there was a very very funny bit where they locked themselves back in a pod so they didn't have to face Nia Jax and Tamina. That was very, very funny. I what wasn't the CM Punk spot. Yeah. What I will say is, I love the Iconics. Payne Royce, new hair, very nice. One thing I will say <laughs> is that they're... The
0: women's evolution, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah.
1: Um, their voices are so fucking shrill. Don't get racist now. <laughs> oh my god. Billy Kay especially. When when everyone was down and they got let out of the pod and they just went around pinning everyone, which is what Elias did last year in the men's chamber. Just yeah. every time that someone kicked out, they would scream, and it got to the point where it was like, Okay, this is this is deafening now. This is this, this is not nice. This is gonna
0: sound weird, but Billy Kay reminds me of my cousin just because of how she fucking acts. Okay. Weird.
1: I'm gonna quickly spoil it for you now and say Billy K is not your cousin. <laughs> Don't go tweeting that shit cousin. out, okay? <laughs> Chris is not related to Billy K. I, I like I like how you're trying to pence a new gimmick in the birds right. Related to random Um. <into> Ronda <laughs> So we then got to the sort of the, the closing stretch and it was between the, the two teams that actually started out. It was the Boss and Hug Connection and Fire and Desire. And the entire match, they played very, very well on Sasha Banks's injury that sort of almost kept her out of elimination chamber. And she went and locked Sonia DeVille in the Bank statement but couldn't lock it in with both arms. So she wrapped her leg and held her leg around the face of Sonya Deville, and Sonya Deville taps out. Boss and Hug Connection get a massive pop. They are the first WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. Overall, a good match. Very, very serviceable. I thought there were some really good spots. I'd give it seven stars.
0: I'd go six. And the grand scheme of chambers, it's sort of been below a half, just because of how many chamber matches they've been.
1: But it's no, good. I'll, I'll give it six. I'll, I'll, I'll concede for the sake of niceness, just to freak Garth out some more. Um, we mm. th- we then got a match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships and it was the Usos defeating The Miz and Shane McMahon for the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championships who knew boys all you had to do was get yourself arrested for assaulting a police officer to win the Tag Team Championships what three days later fair play to him Vince is just looking at that going oh man he's legit yeah <laughs> <laughs> In all, in all seriousness, this match started off with The Miz coming out and sort of putting a promo on the crowd. He then said that him and Maurice have got another announcement and they are expecting their second child. So yeah, that was quick. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, so, you know, congratulations to them both. Um, the Miz then said he was dedicating the match to his father, Maurice his daughter, and his unborn child, and promptly lost, which is always nice. Um, but this was a very, very, very enjoyable match. Far more enjoyable. Dedicated to a dead guy. No, obviously not. <laughs> it was far more enjoyable than I thought it had any right to be. Um, Shane McMahon did Shane McMahon things. He hit one of the Usos with the Ghost Coast then went immediately to the opposite corner to do it to the other Usos and got super kicked out of the sky. That was you know, incredibly entertaining. Um, we then got him doing the um, elbow drop through the announce table. Um, and then the ending came when The Miz goes for... Um, he hits, skull crushing finale, goes for the pinfall. Um, I think it's Jimmy kicks out at two, and sort of in the process of kicking out at two, sort of rolls The Miz up. And the Usos are your new tag team champions. I thought this was, again, really enjoy- far more enjoyable than... McMiz, as we'll call them from now on, uh McMiz's match against the bar. I thought that the Usos were a far more suitable opponent for them. Their contrasting styles sort of helped. I assume that the Usos are now going to hold these belts till Mania. Who do you think they are going to face at Mania?
0: Um... Who could they possibly face who's, who's like new? I think you'd have to do an NXT call up at that point to have an interesting feud. Let's heavy machinery go there. Is that an interesting feud, though?
1: I'll be honest, if Heavy Machinery got put into that spot ahead of Sanity, I'm afraid my head might explode.
2: Or Sanity had done. I don't think they were... They're just going to be like the new Ascension.
1: It's just absolutely ridiculous how they've been used. I mean, I will admit that, you know, fair enough, their gimmick doesn't come across that, that well on the main roster. It's similar to how the Wyatts came across, but without the, you know, smoke and mirrors. But... It's it's ridiculous how they've been used. They've been they've been on one pay per view since they've been not the Extreme Rules pe- like pre show against the mm-hmm. New Day. That's fucking bollocks. You know, what's funny when
0: I when I when I was at a SmackDown house show um in November and there was a kid sitting next to me and you know like when the parents obviously checked out, so the kids just kept turning around and asking me questions. And he just turned around when Sami came out I'm going, "Who are these?"
1: Was it because he thought you were Jesus? Maybe.
0: I think most people do just think I'm Jesus.
1: Reggae Jesus. Um, So, yeah, it was, I don't know. I'd love to see Sanity in that position. I imagine we'll have another Usos New Day match, which I'm more than happy with. You know, they always put on fantastic matches. Um, I hope, in my ideal scenario, it will be the Usos taking on Xavier Woods and Big E with Kofi Kingston in the main event. Of WrestleMania, but that is, well, in the championship match of WrestleMania, it's not going to happen, but that, that would be <sighs> ideal. Um, I think it's criminal as well that Shane McMahon <sighs> has had more of a run with this tag team championship than Sanity. I think it's ridiculous. The man is 51. What the fuck does he want with the tag team championship? He's 51 and still the best in the world. Wow. He can do a shooting star press, mate. At 51, this man can do a, some, a shooting star press.
0: To be fair, he's had the funniest segment of the year about I me mean, segment of the night, so... <laughs>
1: um, I'll be honest, guys. I struggle to get out of my chair sometimes. And I'm 28. <laughs> like, genuinely, sometimes, lifting my arms above my head is a little bit too much effort. He can do a shooting s- star press.
0: I sometimes struggle to get out of bed, but I don't think that's a physical thing.
1: <laughs> Just, you're tired. <laughs> Um, we then got on to the fourth uh, match, uh, the third match, sorry, of the main card, the fourth match overall, with Finn Balor defeating Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush in a handicap match for the it. WWE Intercontinental Championship at 9 minutes 30 after Finn Balor hits Leo Rush with a coup de grace. Um, this was, by the by, yes, you did call it almost to the letter, Um Bobby Lashley yeah. has the match one, he's warming up for a spear. Leo Rush blind tags himself in, goes for the frog splash, misses it. Coup de Gras, Finn Balor is your champion. Um It, this it was is so obvious. It was really. I mean, I said to you when you said that it was going to be Finn Balor to win. I said to you that I thought it would be better for Balor to sort of get the belt at Mania. And you know to have that moment, but I suppose you know to him have a belt at Mania is going to be fantastic as well. It'll be interesting to see who he takes on for the belt at Mania because thinking about the Raw mid card, I mean, all I can think of at the moment is Baron Corbin and Braun Strowman. Is there anyone else on the probably, roster? Lastly, would probably
0: lastly could
1: get a rematch. Um, EC3. EC3 Drew. EC3 um, Drew. I suppose Elias as well. I'd quite like to see Elias. Whether it'll be him, I don't know, but. Yeah, oh, Owens Owens
0: is back for Mania,
1: isn't he? Owens is back. He actually was back on this show, um, but I didn't he's see it because I fast-forwarded it. I fast-forwarded it, so I just wanted to see the match.
0: Oh, I, I actually saw the segment. Um, he said um, he wanted the right Squad to win, he wanted Balor to win, and also Pineapple and Pizza was a sin.
1: Oh, good. Well, well at least we wrong. didn't... Yeah. <laughs> at least we didn't waste Kevin Owens' return, then. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I gave it six stars anyway. It was a serviceable match and I'm giving it an extra point because Finn Balor won and it was a nice thing. We then got on to the Raw Women's Championship match. And Ronda Rousey, the current champion, defeated Ruby Riot via armbar in one minute and 40 seconds.
2: What was the point in
1: that? Now I perfectly understand you are, tra- you know, there's been so much focus on Becky and Charlotte that you might even forget that Ronda Rousey even holds the belt. But to squash Ruby Riot in one minute, I completely agree. You need to make her look strong. But you've got Alicia Fox on that fucking roster. You've got Dana Brooke on that fucking brand. You've got Nikki Cross, who they've done fuck all with, and I'm sorry, Nikki Cross is going to be a jobber. That that's just what is going to happen to her. Her hit does not. It does not at all translate to the main roster. And you've got Lacey Evans, Tell who appeared for no fucking reason at all to just cut a promo, presumably while they repaired the chamber. You've got four women there who this would have been perfect for. They get onto a pay-per-view and they get to wrestle the champion. What a waste of that, Ruby Riot!
0: You say that, though, um, about Nikki Cross, for the my Body and the Tag Team Championships, and you know it would be a great... like. I'm not kidding, what would be a great tag team is Candy Plus and Nikki Cross. Like candy cross feeds Nikki candy and that's what gets her
1: all ramped up and that's how we win. Do you mean? <laughs> do you mean candy cross? <laughs> oh, oh, book me on creative Vince. Um, uh,
0: this is my fucking idea. Don't you
1: take this. From <laughs> this this was bullshit. Is what this was. I've given it two stars because Two, that's
0: generous. I,
1: wow. I've given it two stars because a. You can't give a one-minute match anything, you know, higher than a four. But then the fact that this was Ruby Riot as well, and I'm not saying Ruby Riot should be in the main event. Obviously not. But she should not be being jobbed out to the champion as though she's fucking nobody.
0: Maybe have Ruby in the chamber and have live job exactly something.
1: exactly just any other member of the riot squad i mean live don't get me wrong I've, I've said she wasn't great in the ring when she first came up i think she's improved massively as well and i thought she was actually really real she was actually smoother than i thought than sarah logan was in the chamber um but she she could quite easily be jobbed out here just get give them a match at fast lane and actually have a match because this just stank of do you know what we haven't got a lot of time we need ronda rousey to Look strong. Let's job Ruby right out. What a waste of time. Complete Why waste of time. Why didn't you just
2: do um, a champion versus champion match? Because it's not Survivor Series, guys. That's not beginning. I gimmick. know, but where's Asuka?
1: Where's Asuka? <laughs> That's a good point. That is a good point. This was a very, He's very probably raw just heavy screaming. show.
0: He's probably just screaming at someone in Japanese.
1: Probably. It'll be interesting to see where Asuka takes on at Mania. Because if Charlotte and Becky are both going to be in the main event, who've you got? I mean, I don't really want to see Asuka versus Naomi. I definitely don't want to see Asuka versus Carmella. That fucking match is burned into my brain from Money in the Bank where James Ellsworth came back. Um, I mean, who mm. else is there? I mean, you could have Mandy Rose potentially or Sonya Deville. Has Sasha jump over? Unless she's the tag champion. She's tag champion. Uh, so to be honest, I'd quite like to see Bailey and Sasha taking on. Um, and call, t-
0: call up Tony Stump, Why not?
1: Shayna Baszler, <laughs> could be Shayna Baszler. That could be interesting. I,
0: um, Io Shirai, Kairi Sane.
1: Um, I imagine. Are oh, they?
0: Oh, I should no. Io is going to be challenging at uh, the Kairi Sane. Why
1: not? Yeah, bring Kairi Sane up. Why not? Yeah, I think that would be a good match. Asuka versus Kairi Sane. Yeah, Io Shirai, I think, is taking on Shayna Baszler at um, NXT Takeover. Yes, yeah, because she pinned um, Basler on NXT TV. So. But I believe it's, it's not called NXT New York anymore, is it? It's NXT TakeOver Blacklist, I think I've seen it being renamed as. I, th- I think it's because they already have a TakeOver Brooklyn and we don't want to sort of step on ourselves. So. Ah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, we then had, right now, I don't know if I said this on air or before, because I saw it all sort of merged into one rage-filled <laughs> hatred rant. Um, <laughs> but the next match was Baron Corbin defeating Braun Strowman in an DQ match in 10 minutes and 50 seconds with the help of Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley. So not only are we getting more of that cavalcade of shit, but... Oh, fuck, Lashley was there. Lashley was there you. as well. No, Lashley was there as well. So, not only that, we get more of this bullshit and all of this shit about how Finn Balor replaced Braun Strowman in the match at Royal Rumble was because we couldn't afford to keep giving Braun Strowman losses. I mean, what? It wasn't a clean last to be fair. It wasn't a clean. Do you know what though, genuinely? I've I have do not watch Raw anymore. I don't because I'm sick of seeing Baron Corbin. He's a boring wrestler. He's got no charisma. If he was a charismatic heel, not even a charismatic heel. Just a hate a hate just a hated heel. But he's not, he's just boring, he's just bland. He is the tofu of WWE Raw. He is just there, like a bad smell that you cannot get rid of. He's a teenager's sock drawer, you just can't get rid of it. It's rank, he's rank, the entire match was shit. And this entire thing of handing Braun Strowman yet another loss. Braun Strowman, by the way, who they've booked into oblivion and no one cares about anymore. You've had the hottest face in the entire WWE and you've spaffed it up the wall. Second time I've yeah. used that this podcast. So, do you know what? No, it's four stars and that is being fucking generous.
2: I quite like Baron Carter. I can't see where... Shut up, Chris. <laughs> I can't see where, where they're going to put Braun or why anyone will care anymore. Can, can I can I defend Corbin for a
1: second? No, you can't. Um, what worries me is that, <laughs> <laughs> is that Baron Corbin is going to get a prominent spot on the WrestleMania card at the expense of the Cruiserweight Championship match. Tell you
0: what, you know what? I have Corbin, then the Cruiserweight Championship match.
1: <laughs> he's, defi- he's definitely 205. If Buddy Murphy's 205, then Baron Corbin is. If Singo's a junior. But... That is true. Have this... uh, Baron
2: Corbin be the... First two-time winner of the Andrea the Giant Battle
1: Royale. Do you know what? I don't give a shit. Name it the Baron Corbin Battle Royale. I just don't want him anywhere near <laughs> the main card because he's 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 the mainstay of RAW at the moment, and it is dull, dull as balls. And I'm just I'm not talking about it anymore. So sorry, his, Chris. His
0: NXT character was great, to be fair. Like his NXT thing of, hey, um, these Samojo guys. Yeah, I've I've never heard of him. Fuck him. I like that. <laughs> like a. Like a wrestling hipster, yeah. Basically, it's I, I do I I do like Baron Corbin. He has a cool finishing move. He's fine.
1: Nah, <laughs> I I couldn't be less interested in Baron Corbin as a person or a character. He's boring.
0: I, I thought you. I thought you were going to say I couldn't be more
1: disappointed in you. Well, I mean, that goes without saying. Um, We then move on (laughs) to, yeah, like I say, four stars, and you can't change my mind on that because I'm in charge of the star rating system. Um, So we then move to the Elimination Chamber match for the WWE Championship with Daniel Bryan retaining over AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, Kofi Kingston, Randy Orton, and Samoa Joe. Um, I've said to you guys before we came on air that this is the most invested I've been in a WWE match in... For as long as I can remember.
0: Oh, absolutely. Like, Jesus. What what a good match. Jesus. Like (laughs) the fact they made Kofi Kingston run the gambit again, and it worked, because he's suddenly very fucking over.
1: It's amazing. The reaction of the crowd is absolute lunacy. Absolute lunacy. Um I mean, just we're not going to run through the entire thing because it could take fucking days, but it started with Daniel Bryan and Samoa Joe chopping the living shit out of each other. I mean, I'm not saying that Daniel Bryan chops very hard, but you could unlock his phone with the fingerprints he left on um, Samoa Joe's (laughs) chest. Um, You know, then AJ Styles came in and AJ Styles just targeted Daniel Bryan, just tried to hurt him. He hit a phenomenal forearm. As Daniel Bryan was climbing the elimination chamber, AJ Styles did a phenomenal forearm off the ropes onto the back of Brian and knocked him off the ropes. That was really cool. Jeff Hardy was an absolute... Honestly, you've got AJ Styles lying across the two ropes in the corner of the ring, okay? He then does a swanton off the chamber, off the pod, (laughs) neck first, onto AJ Styles. This man is a fucking lunatic. Watch the spot. It's just before he gets eliminated by Daniel Bryan. Honestly, you look at it and go, "Well, that's it—broken neck. He's out for life." And he just gets. <laughs> how, up. Has he not, how has he not been injured more? He's only been injured like two, three times. I mean, Chris, in you've, whole you've watched this match. Can you please attest yeah. to just how absolutely ridiculous that spot was? Oh, I, I audibly gasped. It was like, uh, oh god.
2: I think with Jeff Hardy, the, the case is, it's like he he is so broken, he can't even he can't get any more broken. He
0: can't. I, he's at peak broken
2: Yeah, so he just he just sort of manages day to day
1: <laughs> just honestly he must have been it, it's no wonder he got eliminated straight after because honestly fuck me um, but the real story here was Kofi Kingston and Daniel Bryan these two they've got amazing chemistry the story they told and Daniel Bryan yelling at Kofi Kingston you don't belong here, you don't belong in this match with me it was absolutely incredible. You've got Kofi Kingston doing the trust fall off the top of the set, off the top of the um, elimination chamber. Um, you've got, you know, him do going for a frog splash and missing off the top of one of the pods. So he ate shit. The two <laughs> count when he hits trouble in paradise on Daniel Bryan. The noise and the reaction from the crowd is absolutely deafening. I mean, the chance of Kofi were all around, you know, New Day Rocks. There's a brilliant bit where everyone's still in the um, in the pods and it's Samoa Joe, Daniel Bryan and Kofi because Kofi comes out third. And it cuts to just behind Kofi and there's a New Day Rocks chance. And Jeff Hardy, unbeknownst to anyone else, is just standing, clapping along to the New Day Rocks thing. <laughs> it's brilliant. <laughs> Jeff Hardy's like, I found a way to get myself over in 2019. <laughs> it was amazing. But I just wanted to quote a tweet that Mike Kanellis sent out. Um... Just after the I think it was just after the uh, the pay-per-view went off air. And it was along the lines actually. Yeah. It's it's incredible. He said that it goes to show the reaction of the fans goes to show what a fantastic wrestler. The fact that the fans want him to win the WWE championship attests to what a fantastic wrestler he is. The fact that the locker room wants him to win the championship attests to what a fantastic person he is. And I just thought that is such a lovely tweet to send out.
0: By the way, Mike Canales is the most wholesome Twitter on the whole. I love
1: Twitter. Mike Canales Mike <laughs> is just happy that he's still, you know, after what he's been through, I think he's just happy that, you know, he's managed to come out of it relatively unscathed. Like, have you
0: seen his bio? His bio is literally just um, professional wrestler, um, father of whatever his son's name is, and lover of Maria Canales. He's so fucking adorable. I love him. How do people.
1: How do people boo him? I know. Like, his his gimmick is he loves his wife. Plus, how good is his entrance music? It's like it's like oh. something off driving ballads. It's incredible. It is absolutely amazing. If I think of an X Factor, I'm singing that song. <laughs> I mean, like that's me got to that happen moment. now. Yeah, that's that's got to happen now. Um, Wearing the podcast t-shirt. <laughs> unfortunately, Curve Kingston can't quite get the job done. Daniel Bryan um, eliminates him with a running knee. Um and just i genuinely felt so sad for kofi and there was you've you mentioned it before chris that there was a shot of the new day sitting on the steps of the elimination chamber with their backs to the wrestlemania sign and just it's little nuances like that that just make you think shit that well done kevin done yeah you do one good thing kevin done well done um but like I say, this match is the most invested I've been storyline-wise in a WWE match in God knows how long. And this, since Bryan. And exactly. And this, yeah, probably since Daniel Bryan. And the fact that they've made, as you've said, such a star out of Kofi, again, after a week, is absolutely mental. I've given this match nine stars because I just I can't... The emotional investment... You don't get emotionally invested in a wank match.
0: To be honest, it might have been ten if Jeff Hardy didn't almost kill himself.
1: Jeff Hardy scared the living shit out of me with that spot. I actively encourage yeah. you to find it because it is scary. Um there's a one there's a bit as well when uh, Kofi goes for a bulldog on the outside on Daniel Bryan and Daniel Bryan literally just shoves him off and he goes into the um into the pod, and I thought he'd concussed himself with his landing. Holy shit, it was horrible. But this was a fantastic match. Nine stars. Do you agree, Chris? Yeah, I'd give it nine. Yeah, what a fantastic match. Overall, genuinely one of WWE's better pay-per-views. It didn't go a ridiculous amount of time. I think the running time was three hours and 16 minutes. You know, it wasn't hard to digest. There was a couple of duff fires, you know, the Women's Championship match and the Baron Corbin fiasco. Um, But apart from that, a really, really good. So, I mean, when you've got Shane McMahon and The Miz taking on the Usos and getting seven stars, that's, you know, it Mm. goes some way to show how much I enjoyed the show.
0: Yeah, like I wasn't falling asleep during it, like I was for Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble, <laughs> was,
1: the Royal Rumble was fucking long. Like I fell asleep during it. I fell asleep during an AJ versus Brian match. <laughs> well, it wasn't the best match, was it? Let's be honest. No, it wasn't. So, ladies and gentlemen, we get to our final segment of the show, and this is our match of the week segment. We're each going to come up with our vote for match of the week, and basically, there's no real winner. To be perfectly honest, it's just a case of we give off wrestling th- wins, wrestling wins, wrestling wins. Um, <laughs> next week we're introducing a segment that Garth has sort of pioneered, um, and we're going to introduce that next week. And we'll sort of go, it'll sort of run in tandem with this. But let's start with Garth because you know he did such a fantastic job. This sounds really condescending, I didn't mean it to. Did such a fantastic <laughs> job with the impact review, it made me want to watch it.
2: <laughs> I'm being serious Is it because, go on. because our. Uh, I'm still keeping the home fires burning with the Impact
1: thing. That's what it is. That's what it is. I'm really proud of you, mate. I am really proud of you. It's me little slice of wrestling, which is only one and a half hours long. True. It is very easy to watch. So, Garth, what is your match of the week? Well,
2: because I've only really watched Impact, (laughs) um, honestly, I'm going to give the Tyre versus Tessa Blanchard match my match of the week. Really, really good. Well worth
1: checking out. You persuaded me, I'm definitely gonna check it out. Um Chris, go on, you next. Um, Pat Chris is Osprey. Like Jesus Christ, <laughs> that was balls to the wall. It if was there ever was one. Like uh, the
0: only real annoyance is fucking CCK coming in and breaking yeah. it up. I
1: like watched, um
0: what I, watched CC- that I thought, oh, what the fuck? what's this? I know, last thing, because CCK are such a good tag team, but they're wasted in... Like, I watched the whole event, um, the, the whole high-stakes event. It's the first ref pro show I've watched since Drunk Style Evolved. And, like, it was fine. But then, like, this tag match comes up, and it's like CCK versus Oji Open, which are, like, two of the best teams in progress. And I'm like, haha yes, it's going to be mint. And then CCK is just walking around the fucking building the whole time. I'm like, but you have Jonathan Gresham, and you're making him do this shit. And they're trying to paint him as this... Never mind, I'm not going to rant about Rev Pro being bollocks. But, um, <laughs> no, this match was absolutely amazing. Just these two obviously work amazingly together. Pac is such a good heel right now. Um, spot of the match, like, Pac going for his tombstone gets countered into a DDT. And Jesus Christ, the way Pac sells a DDT is like, it's the best one since we were Van Damme. It's just yeah. great stuff. Um, it was I'd the go, best spot. <laughs> oh yeah, that, end, that he was just about to hit the black arrow, and then, they're counting down. And like free. he's like, I'm not gonna win. Fuck it, I'm not. I'm not taking the bump. Yeah, that's so good. And so it's like it's kept it's kept the door open for a rematch, which might means I might mean I have to fucking take out Red Pro for another month in a couple months, just to watch that one match or pirate it. Because seriously, I tried watching other Red Pro shows. That shit, but. Yes, I enjoyed it. It was a really good match, match of the week.
1: It's always fun hearing you, bury Rev, bro.
0: I fucking like (laughs) so fucking like I tried to watch um, other shows and i just bad. Actually, I watched the Pack versus the SJ thing and the crowd was so dead. It was ridiculous. Anyway, move on.
1: Um, I will I will say that up until today my vote was Pack and Osprey as well Um, it was an excellent match outstanding, I thought the commentary, I don't know what they were doing with the sound control of the, of the commentary but it was constantly just so distorted, it was awful yeah. really, it's really bad quality It's because don't
0: know how to put together a wrestling product It
1: was really, really bad quality Um, but the match itself was absolutely outstanding I thought, you know, you don't really want Pack to lose and you don't want Osprey to lose really, you want to keep them both strong, I think this was the right choice, a 30 minute time limit draw, next time I hope we get an Iron Man match, I'd be more than up for an hour of those two but um, partly to be different and partly because again so invested you know it's got to be the men's elimination chamber match because of what they've done with Kofi Kingston Um, honestly it's
0: neck and neck I just picked my one to be different
1: yeah and I think you know all three of those matches are completely different in you know in the way that they're sort of staged, you've got a hardcore match, you've got an elimination chamber match, and you've got just a you know a normal singles match. So they all bring something completely different to the table. But you know, there are our match of the week, ladies and gentlemen. Please go out, check them out. Please, they're worth it. Trust me.
0: It's been such a stupid good week.
1: It has been a really good week. We've been spoilt, really. And that's probably why this podcast is so much ha- longer than our last one. We haven't
0: even mentioned Cole versus
1: Ricochet on, on NXT. On NXT, no, we haven't at all. We haven't mentioned the Gauntlet match from SmackDown.
0: Well, we have. We just I have know, but not in the same... Of time.
1: Yeah, but not in the same breath as these three matches yeah. for Match of the Week. You know, we could have chosen three or four different matches. Um, but ultimately, those are the three we've plumped for. So, ladies and gentlemen, that is it. Finally, for this podcast, it seems like we've been doing this for ages, and to be fair, it has been on and off for twenty-four hours now. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you for bearing with us. Um, I'm hoping it's that just it's... A new record. It, it has. I think it must be. Yeah, because this no, I,
0: not just for that, but also for drops.
1: Yeah, you have set a new record for drops. Hopefully, your new post office internet is far better than the one that you were attempting to use today. Um, but overall ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for listening to the podcast we really do appreciate it you can check out the podcast at all The podcast platforms, everything from Podbean to Apple Podcasts to Castbox to Podcast Addict. Check them out. We're there. Check out loads of content, including lists, features, all sorts, retro review, blogs, and all sorts at www.podmania.co.uk. You can check out us on Twitter at at podmania. You can find us on Facebook at at podmania podcasts. You can find us on YouTube at Real Rob, uh, sorry, Real Rob Godwin. That's me (laughs) plugging my own Twitter handle there um, at Real Podmania. Um, where you can also check out our eFed PPW, where I am absolutely smashing the ratings still. Um, then, you know, check us all out on Twitter, at RealRobGoodwin for myself. Chris, where are you? At uh,
0: YoungLionCXT, at me. Fucking stupid marks.
1: Yep. <laughs> good, yep. Yeah, that's good. Alienate our audience <laughs> there, Chris. Um, yeah, any disenchanted uh, Rev Pro fans, just, you know, start yelling at Chris. That's not us, Chris, at YoungLionCXT. Um, Garth, what's your Twitter handle? Uh, Jackson. <laughs> and hopefully next week we'll be back on a Sunday as opposed to a Monday internet, you know fingers crossed internet providers you know be willing please guys but um, well, thanks mm-hmm. so much for listening and we'll talk to you guys again soon You've been listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast Follow us on Twitter at Podmania Facebook at Podmania Podcasts and YouTube and Instagram at RealPodmania and check out the website podmania.co.uk Until next time wrestling fans